Jams, Creeps and Coffee podcast. Playback begins in 3, 2, 1. Alright, Mr. Raider, I need to find out more information. On that particular day, the 15th day of January, 1974, can you tell me where you went to kill Mr. Joseph Otero? I think it's 1834. It's more. All right. Can you tell me approximately what time of day you went? Somewhere between 7 and 7.30. This particular location, did you know these people? No, that's, uh, no, that was part of my, uh, I guess my, what you call fantasy. These people were uh, selected. All right. So you, you were engaged in some kind of fantasy during this period of time? Uh, yes, sir. All right. Now, when you use the term fantasy, is this something you were doing for your personal pleasure? Uh, sexual fantasy, sir. So, you went to this residence, and what occurred then? Well, <clears throat> uh, I had uh, did some thinking on what I was going to do to uh, either Mrs. Otero or Josephine basically broke into the house, or didn't break into the house, but uh, when they came out of the house, I came in in front of the family. And they went there. Had you planned this beforehand? To some to degree, some yes. yes. Hello. Nick's not quite with you, obviously. Hello, friends and lovers. I mean, yeah, I'll take that. Is that right? Is that appropriate? Why not? Yeah, we'll go with that. Friends and lovers. <laughs> Hello, friends and lovers. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steph. I'm Charlotte. I'm me. Yeah. I'm Nick. You are you. You are you. Yes. <laughs> the one and what's this, Doctor Seuss? What do you mean? The the poem. Um, there. You are you, and there is no one newer than you. Yeah. There's something else as well. I can't remember the rest. All of I it. remember is Green Nicks and Hell. I'm sure that's not relevant. Yeah, that's. Not <laughs> I am Sam. Is the, the poem? Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. But yeah. So. So. Oh, Owen as well. Owen. Oh, Owen. Aaron oh, yes. Turn is here. I am here. Yes. He's doing his Doctor Evil hands. <laughs> Being a good intern. Yes. Thank you. He made coffee and everything. He watched was there in spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were listening to BTK, weren't we? In the we intro. were indeed. So BTK, that was a whole um, him at his trial. He was essentially confessing and, um, well, just confessing to the murders, uh, what his um, angle on it was. And he was quite frank about it, really. I mean, his emotions were interesting, to say the least. What he do you guys think? Give a shit. I like his face. Just his face? What? Mm. His eyebrows? I think he's got a kind face. Oh, I don't. I know he ain't. <laughs> sort of like we were discussing while we were watching that, the eyebrows, the half brows. Yes. Nice. yes. If anybody's ever seen a picture of BTK, you know what we're on about. He has got very half What's that kind of hair called where it's like your hair is running away from its uh, from your Scalp. your forehead? You know where they let like your bald on top, but you got the, the it, it side like a He monk. has toilet seat yeah. head. <laughs> it is a toilet seat. I always refer it as the toilet seat. Okay. Instead of football head like from Hey Arnold, it's Hey BTK! Toilet! Head. <laughs> Rubbish reference. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll you get my so, references right, Steph. I get you. I get you. It wasn't really a reference. You changed the words. Right. Yeah. So, how many people did Big TK kill in the end? Twenty-five. Do we know? I don't seem sure. 
No, I'm not sure, but I'm well, covering. No, 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 no. Well, no covering. Searching. Nicholas, you can look for your own personal enjoyment, but I'm covering him in American months. So. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So, yeah. Amazing. So, we're going to find that nugget out later. We are. That American month is going to be January. And he's, is he still in um, prison? Yes. I was going to say the clink. He's in the clink clank, yep. I didn't yep. realise he was still alive, you know. He was yeah. still alive and kicking. He didn't get caught until 2013. That's the weird thing. It's just so recent. But not at the same time. Because yeah. his killing spree is still to run for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. It's still a very new case-ish. And if anybody's watched Mindhunter, he <laughs> pops up in there. I've got a feature we with John Douglas somewhere. What are we at? We're not even... We, we're, we're not at three even. minutes <laughs> and we've already had Mindhunter. John Douglas. You haven't gushed over John Douglas the past few episodes. Actually been That's because often. I got told off by you last time. <laughs> no, he's just becoming the John Douglas appreciation podcast. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a new one. I've got a new one who is the UK version of Do- John Douglas. Okay. His name is David Cantor. Okay. okay. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot you more You will of be him. hearing more about him soon. <laughs> I feel like we don't talk about Dr. Henry Lee. Enough. Oh, Henry Lee. He's... Henry Lee is going to be in my Christmas one. I like Henry in Lee. Christmas? Do you know yeah. Henry Lee? No, I'm afraid little, I don't. Little Chinese fella. He's because... Oh. Good with a scalpel. When my, okay. With the Christmas one, I'm doing John Benet. <gasps> so I'm doing an unsolved Christmas. I do like a bit of that. So, and Dr. I Henry thought Lee fe- that was that? sort of... No, no it's not no, solved yet. No, it's not. I thought there was a very strong theory. No, it's a speculation, and that's all it is. We yeah. do not want to be so, like we don't want to be sued. We don't want to be sued, so it's speculation, pure speculation. Yes. Okay. 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 But Owen should know who the star is. Who your favourite character is in Mindhunter? What Holden? Holden. Yeah. Played by Jonathan Groff. All right. Who is <sighs> King George? In what? Who? In Hamilton. Uh, Who is he? He's in that. He does music. He's lowered himself to that. He does music because he's in Frozen. Jonathan Groff is in Frozen. (laughs) And that's enough to inspire somebody to go on stage. He was also in Glee. He was also in Glee. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's more understandable. Yeah. yeah. Frozen doesn't really I think he's peaked at Mindhunter, really, hasn't he? No. 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 That Hamilton shit. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> you actually twitched then to go and hit me, Owen. <laughs> I me saw that. Owen, me and Owen were I like getting off on you here. Yeah. Charlotte made me download the soundtrack. I now have that on my Google Play. <laughs> and you like it, don't lie. Owen, musicals are rubbish. <laughs> musical but theories. I am going to be covering a Hamilton ghost story in our American month. Okay. Good to know. Good Something to know. about Mr. Burr, sir. Yeah, a reference. Let's not get <laughs> The only thing I will say about Aaron Burr is that he was he was born on my birthday. Wow. Also, George Washington <gasps> was... Do you know who was born on my birthday? Who? Data from Star Trek. Oh, well, that's better. That's was cool. Born. That was, was pretty cool. That is cool. Oh, you mean in the context of the show he was created? Yes. Oh, nice. Who was born on your birthday? Um, Elrond Hubbard died on my birthday. Oh, there we go. That explains a lot. <laughs> Founder of Scientology. Um, so <laughs> probably just a list of important, influential people, I'd imagine. No. Just all of them. But mm. we had a lady on Facebook, Jasmine, send us across a list of birthday months and serial killers. And luckily... Oh, wow. Three of us in the room are Aquarius. Ooh, One yeah. of us is a Pisces. Aquarius. And we're Aquarius. Collective, collective. Aquarius oh, okay. is it a collective? Oh, like a gang. Yeah, okay. And none of the Aquarius are serial killers. Whereas there is a the Pisces. So good luck. Says a lot. Is and I'm looking at thing? you, Owen. <laughs> serial killer astrology is that a thing now? Well, maybe. Apparently, yeah. you can't. Maybe. You can't 
Talk, unsee the patterns. Talking yeah. about killings and, and yeah, not joking that. for a moment, there has yeah. been quite a brutal murder near us recently. I think, yeah. Charlotte, you want to talk about yeah, it, Yeah, so Wednesday just gone, a girl went missing and in a Keely, town, Keely Bunker. Keely Bunker in a town not too far away from us called Tamworth and her body sadly was found on the following Thursday in the evening. Uh, Thankfully, a gentleman was arrested literally the day after. Yeah, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Very Very quickly. quickly. He's been... They've obviously done all the extensive reports and stuff, but they're having to do further testing, which usually means there's something bad. Yeah. She was found in a little bit of water, which obviously doesn't help with composition of the body, because it means that seminal fluid, be it if it was there, or any other kind of forensic... Fingerprints. Fingerprints. Any other kind of forensic would be severely deteriorated because of that body of water. Hmm. But the gentleman's... I say gentleman. He's a POS. Well, he's guilty, he's Well, you can't can't say that. He's innocent until proven guilty. He's innocent until until proven guilty, but if the case is... And they've only arrested one man which is know, the high likelihood that he is guilty but in Stephen's avery avery's case they only arrested, they arrested two in the Stephen avery case so let's not go no, there they didn't. No, they didn't. Not <laughs> also in my, that's not in something his, else uh, to mention in a little Teresa bit Holbrook. let's not go there so he is innocent until proven guilty okay. you well, can call you can call him a shit a for anything else he's pos because there's a I lot mean, of stuff that's come out that he has done since yeah like I mean, well before yeah so, allegedly well my um allegedly. i've been kind of um keeping an eye on the social medias and stuff like that and a lot of people are sort of giving uh negative character um uh, profiles with witnesses to him. yeah character like, witness reports yeah absolutely he just didn't seem a very nice chap to begin with but you can't let that sort of shadow the wasn't the the facebook post the lady did about him throwing rocks at people's houses that yeah kind of... so he got on top of a um a, a allegedly sort... yeah allegedly, allegedly um got on top of a big shopping complex that we have uh, that that's in tamworth and um, started throwing rocks at people, essentially. So, um, yeah, he doesn't he, he doesn't come across in the very most positive light. But apparently, he was recruit like gonna be recruited for Chelsea football. Oh, I haven't seen that. No, I've not seen that one. No, you may not have seen that one, but I've spoken to somebody who has met him firsthand. Oh, okay. No, so, yeah, I heard that. but all this yeah. is these are allegations. Yeah, he's been arrested and, yeah, and charged, but um, the court's been uh, his... set date for next year, start of next year, I think. Next December year. no December the sixteenth. No, the one I read is for next year. Oh, has it been yeah, changed next, again? Because when I read way. it on yesterday, it said December the sixteenth. That might be a, a a preliminary hearing, but the court case is definitely set for early next year. Oh, I think in March. Oh, okay. but, uh, but he was very. He's only nineteen, and the the Keely the girl Bunker. is only twenty. The the, yeah. the, yeah. Alleged, well, the the girl he allegedly killed. But yeah, we're sorry to Keely's family. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I condolences go out to them and I'm, I'm sure they probably won't hear that but i, I it's there i yeah, don't know that there. currently they are putting up loads of ribbons pink ribbons because pink was oh, her they. favorite color oh, that's cute. all over tamworth oh okay and there's a, a gofundme as well there's to a gofundme help, yeah. to help with her cost. funeral costs because but all of please us please make sure it's the actual sure. one because there was a fake one somebody cruelly set up a fake GoFundMe yeah. page. I imagine that happens quite a lot. I, I can imagine it does mm. too. And it's just cruel. And it is. The family doesn't need that. No, they were no. profiting off a really dire, like, dire situation. Yeah. So yeah. our thoughts go out to them. And as soon as we get more updates, and obviously we'll keep you guys like 
informed as well because yeah. as dark and as horrible as it is being so close to home yeah we've been following this one it's still interesting because yeah. weirdly enough it's been 18 years since the last murder that was in Tamworth. doesn't seem that long ago you know and of, of a woman of a woman yeah. no of anybody oh really yeah there's not been a murder since. like then, outright and then before that it was a further 18 years before that that's so weird like, yeah it's the pattern is very not, weird that's not but, a pattern that's two events separated three by three yeah well it's yeah but there's only two separations so it's it's a tenuous pattern i don't think it, it's not like a secret serial killer who's, who's... no i don't know i don't know it's just <laughs> okay. weird that that pattern has arisen yeah, it's same as like putting the evidence on other people and no. the 18 year killer no, you don't, <laughs> no don't make it into a joke i'm just saying it's weird that that pattern appeared okay so but in other news yep. Stephen avery have you guys heard about this there was mm. somebody who was in prison confessed to the killings yes but, but is this the guy making of confessions of a murderer making, making a murderer, murderer yeah. Though, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but it like i follow kathleen zelna. Z- zelna on twitter and apparently it's all fake oh wait what the confession is fake well yeah. And I was, was gutted. People confess to I was stuff fucking all the gutted. Time, I? I just I want him out. So he didn't there was nothing nothing said, it was just completely a f- fabricated. A fabricated confession, yeah. Not so it did he have anything to do with it or was it or not did it even just in people, the area. Really? Yeah. So n- the people that were involved were not anything to do with this confession? Nope. Okay. No. Fun. Fun. But yeah. You scammy bastards. The story yes. continues. Yeah. yeah. So, I think he'll get out. Hopefully, because I don't think he did it. I like his nephew for it. No. Wait, wait, which nephew? Not Brandon, Bobby. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, he had some weird shit on his computer, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's... Was... If anybody hasn't seen Making a Murderer, it's on Netflix, go check it out. It's really good. They've got two seasons. The first one is about why he's currently in prison as well as a past conviction. Hmm. The second one is about the appeal... The second season's about the appeal court and stuff like that. So it's really good. Go check it out. Yeah, yes. you've seen it, Steph. I no, I don't think I have yet. No, no, you need to. Oh, dude, it is good. Is it? It's it, on Netflix, isn't it? It is. It yeah, is. It's really I was good. a bit like when Nick, because Nick introduced me to it, and I was a bit like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I fell in, and I fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah, and hence why I now follow them on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I know the whole family. <laughs> oh, cool. cool. <laughs> right, so Steph, what are you talking about today? We're we're dedicating a whole episode yeah. to this, aren't we? Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, apologise for my voice today. I sound a little bit like Phil Mitchell from uh, our beautiful English soapy standards. Um I've got a sore throat today, so you'll have to excuse me a little bit. If you hear a little bit of snuffling, I apologise because Owen's <laughs> passed along his cold to me. Yeah, Did you just... watch EastEnders? I never watched no. EastEnders, but I remember the bit. Do you remember where Phil Mitchell started doing drugs? Yeah. And the acting. It's yes. a tour de force. Him drunk as well is like yeah. perfection. That is acting. Hey, yeah. reminds... <laughs> Wait, I can't say that. Never mind. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> Amazing. Right, are we just going to go straight in? So, yes. Sorry, have you already said who you're talking no, about? No, so today we are going into the full story of Harold Shipman, the most prolific serial killer that is supposedly ever come out of it, um, England with the body count of lots. Do you want to we'll try? Do you want to try saying Shipman again without it sounding so jovial? What? what? He went Shipman. <laughs> it's like, all I can think of is jazz hands. Yeah, it was a jazz hands moment. Jazz hands. Try, just try a bit more morose. Okay, okay. <clears throat> bit more morbid. Ready? We today are dealing with Harold <laughs> Shipman. Better. Dun dun dun. Yes. I tried to uh, like the the pause, <laughs> pause yeah. for effect. Dramatic pause. Yeah. Dun, dun. It was good. Thank you. I'm so, going to do that every time it's important. Dun dun. 
Because <laughs> we are now on an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking to Owen before. Owen's never heard of Harold Shipman, have you? You no. haven't? Well, he was he was around doing his, his business before born. you were born, yeah. You weren't even a fleck in your dad's eye. To be fair, so were we. <laughs> no, dude, I was alive. So, um, yeah, so shall we start from the beginning then? Let's. What, okay. of time? Very good place of, to start. Of time. In the, in the beginning, there was, what was it? I don't know. Germs. I haven't read the Bible since I was a child. That's a very good point. Okay, so Harold Shipman, a.k.a. Dr. Death, which kind of ties into our... Well, it does tie into our medical murder. medical murder. I wonder if there's ever been a Dr. Death. Like, that's his actual... An actual name. The surname Death. I wonder. I feel that we need to Google this. Awesome. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it? Google. Dr. Death. Where is the Google I will. I'm rolling you a cigarette, then I'll Google. (laughs) We will Google it and get back to you guys. So if you just hear a random, there is a Dr. Death. Rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Dr. Death, um, or Fred, Fred Shipman. He was born on January Why, Fred, the 14th. Sorry. Middle name. Oh. His Fred was his middle name. He liked to be called Fred. I'd find that out. So, yeah, Fred Shipman. He was born January 14th, 1946, in Nottinghamshire. So, not that far away, guys. No. About, what, 45 minutes away from us? Yes. Yeah, Central like England, that. if you're not from England. Indeed I you think do. it's about... Near Birmingham. Well, it's close to Derby. Relatively. Rel- yeah. I'm, I'm picking a city people might know. Um, I think it's about 20, 25 miles away from here. Not too far. Yeah. So not, not far, far at away at all. Yeah. And he died on January the 13th, 2004 at Wakefield Prison, West, West Yorkshire. Now, I'll get into the how, why, and uh, why it was the 13th, like the day before his birthday, later. Um, but for now, we'll carry on. Um, dun dun. <laughs> Wait, before we we get it, there's a, always been a rumor that he he worked at a practice really quite close to us, about a mile away from where we're sitting right now. Okay. Did you ever find any of evidence of that? No, 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 no. Go for it. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I have evidence. Oh, I'm saying, oh. <laughs> I'm saying that there's always been a local rumor that he was a yeah. junior doctor for a short period of time at a local surgery. Did he was a locum? Find he anything. was a locum here. Okay. So a locum is a. You know, like um, supply teacher kind of thing, but for doctors. Oh, okay. Because like I literally specifically googled Shipman in Dordan, and... which is the place. Yeah, yes, yeah, and I couldn't find anything that popped yeah, up that he was over. There was a bit in the inquiry that I read mm. that he was a locum here, right? But that's about it. Would what? that be ever been recorded? Like maybe is that why there's not much there was no suspicious deaths uh so yeah um shipman lived in hyde cheshire at the time of the murders um and his number of victims is 15 that is confirmed uh but he's suspected of over 215 murders mental absolutely mental yeah you can kind of understand why he's the most prolific yeah because that is an obscene number okay so here we go into the nitty-gritty parts harold was a medical general practitioner and serial killer he was born into a humble background from living um, in a council estate with his mother Vera who was a stay at home mum and uh, his father Harold again who is uh, everybody has that uh, I don't know if it's anywhere else but we have the dad and father same Quite a name few thing do, yeah my dad and brother have exactly the same thing. Um, Mum, no, I don't know anybody personally that does, except your dad and brother. Except my dad and brother, like literally yeah. exactly the same. He was a lorry driver. His mother was overbearing. Um, she dictated what he would wear, uh, what friends he would make, and uh, raised Harold Jr. in a Methodist household. So he was brought up in a, in a religious sort of bullshit. outfit. Religious bullshit. I can't find anybody with a real name, Dr. Death. Oh, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, isn't it? I feel we need to make Maybe one. they changed their names on purpose so not to be associated with Dr. Death. 
But I'd love that shit. Not because of the Doctor Death thing, but just because it's Doctor Death. It's like goth as fuck. <laughs> goth life. Fuck. Hashtag goth life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it would be cool. There's there's worse doctor names like Doctor <laughs> Touches Me While I'm Sleeping or something. Or Doctor How Pain. How many doctors are there? Doctor Pain. Doctor Touches Me While I'm <laughs> yeah. Sleeping. Or Doctor Acula. 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 Yeah, Acula. Ah, very good. <laughs> ah, that's cute. I like that. Ooh, oh, please I tell would... me how their DR Acula is about. Yes, sorry, you were talking about victims. <laughs> okay. Um, no, yeah. we ain't got the victims yet. No. Oh, sorry. We're getting there. So, Harold grew up isolated. He tried to become more popular in playing in sports in high school. He was actually really good at sports. Um, there's loads of videos of him like doing rugby tackles and all the rugby stuff that rugby people do. I'm an avid rugby fan, by the way, guys. This is where you get yeah, all you the technical terms. Um, <laughs> scrum it. They scrum it, yeah. Or yeah, is we'll, he a scrum? We'll, I don't know. They threw You're just picking out words now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what a, no, I know what a rugby scrum is. Go on. A rugby scrum is the, the small guy in the, the hat, like, what? In the bottom <laughs> of the scrum, you get a scrum, which is the circle of men. Yes. The yeah. smallest man is called a scrum, and he has the ball. No, he's not the smallest. He's but what is the purpose of a scrum? To get the ball for the, your team. That's not the purpose. Wait, Steph is currently choosing a lozenge because a her choosing. Th- a choosing a lozenge. Choosing a lozenge because her throat is killing her. So yeah, I'm making lots of healthy noises. So uh, yeah, he was. An avid sports player. He um he, he was good at sports. He um he sort of connected with people through sports, but on a personal level, that's where he was a little bit more disconnected. And when I say a little bit, I mean he was completely disconnected. He didn't have many chums. He did not have many chums at all. So when Chipman was thirteen, now people say that this is a bit of a pinnacle moment in his life. Um his mother fell terminally ill from cancer. Um she um he stood by her side and watched her as she grew weaker. He became fascinated with the pain relief that um, uh, that his mother had, particularly, now let's note this, the morphine and how it was momentarily returned his mother back to um, the mother that he knew and loved. So he would see the morphine being administered into his mother who was in agonising pain and really wasn't herself and then it would just basically sort of numb all of that and her, his normal mother kind of came back to life, I suppose. And he became fascinated with that whole entire process. Sorry, what did you say she was dying from? Cancer. Ah. So the big C. Mm. Um, Vera died a few months into her battle and uh, Shipman didn't really appear to um, grieve for it at all. Um, other than doing this crazy run where he just just ran for miles. He just, he just went on a bit of a run like a Forrest Gump kind of thing. And then came back and then just got on with life essentially. Uh, but people did sort of notify, like, note that it was a bit odd because I know not everybody grieves in the same way, but he just didn't handle it how people expected him to, I guess. And people noted that. So he graduates in the 1970s, becoming a junior houseman at Pontefract General Infirmary in West Yorkshire. So he's essentially a trainee doctor at this point. He's sort of coming into the world of GPness. So he graduates in the 1970s, becoming a junior houseman in Pontefract. Uh, General Infirmary in West Yorkshire. Um, He then moved to a practice in the Pennines, which was hard work, um, but his hard work was paying off because he made friends, he made family. um, uh, He made family. He made family. (laughs) He literally made family. I make family. (laughs) 
sorry, he had friends and he had family. <laughs> and I mean, he made them. He made them he out of clay. Made family. <laughs> he put them in the easy oven to bake. <laughs> so that's how we grow family now. And a stable job, and uh, the professions, uh, the professionals in his um, in his practice really praised him because they liked his progressional ideas in uh, in medicine. Such as they were progressive. Ah. Basically, he. <laughs> um, he was forward thinking. Do you he mean was, he was forward thinking? Yeah, he had a new kind of way of appro- approaching medicine. I suppose you know more about this. Don't you, a little right? bit what, like euthanasia. Euthanasia. No, Nick, no. <laughs> it was actually to do with heart medication. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. And so, it was like he was about all of the different types of medication that could help with heart problems. So he and he brought them to the forefront and how to monitor them in the general practice. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. However. Shipman started experiencing blackouts, unfortunately. He told fellow co-workers that it was because of his epilepsy. Air quotes. Epilepsy. Um, and it wasn't until the receptionist noticed that it was because... Um, that he noted that they noticed an unusual amount of pethidine being prescribed to false names. Um, that, uh, that they kind of realised that Shipman had been drug hoarding. Um this synthetic morphine, essentially, to feed his own addiction. Uh, The practice worked out that he had enough drugs to kill 360 people just for himself, and he was dismissed from the practice and fined £600. However, now this is kind of a a bit of an important note as well, uh, he was not put on any criminal lists, he was just fined for it. So this... This this whole episode didn't really crop up when the future murders and and the sort of the future became a thing because it wasn't noted and it wasn't he wasn't put on a criminal list so which is have ridiculous. You got a, have you got a what was the drug called again? Uh, pethidine. Pethidine. Yeah, I found it. Yeah, it's, it's heroin. Um, it's a is also known as meridine, uh, mer- meperidine, meperidine, and sold under the brand name Demerol. I've heard of Demerol before. Yeah. Says the the side effects can be so the 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 side effects can be nausea, vomiting, dizziness, loss of consciousness, diarrhoea, urinary retention, and constipation. Sorry, say that last one again. Constipation. I think it was the diarrhoea. Oh, diaphoresis. Sell it. Diaphoresis. I'm just going to keep saying it until it sounds good. Yeah, why not? This is where Charlotte pronounced it completely different now. Oh, diaphoresis. Yeah, of course. Okay. (laughs) Slight difference in pronunciation. What does it mean? It's basically your diaphragm seizes. Oh, okay. So respiratory problems. So that would uh, would, uh, explain the blackout then, really? One of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, However, this kind of, again, helps him out because he wasn't put on a uh, criminal record. However, he did go to rehab for it. So he was trying to, you know do good things all i can think of is the amy winehouse song it's rather make me no go no don't say it come on let's we, we'll get sued <laughs> but i said the no amy's no, one amy winehouse's no. ghost will sue us i love amy winehouse though she's bae is she i love her music what, maybe a not a drug, drug adult sort of yeah i love her music just maybe not the drug adultness hmm. <laughs> of her i mean everybody's vibe. got shade and light yes yeah. we're getting off topic <laughs> okay so in 1979, he applied to become part of a small practice in Donnybrook in Hyde, Cheshire. So as you, as I mentioned earlier, this is the part where he was sort of living. So um, this is where the murders sort of incurred. They fell for his charm and honesty, and he was upfront about the whole pethidine addiction. And they gave him a second chance, so they employed him. Maybe he should not have done that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most um, great thing to do. 
Uh, he immersed himself into his community life. So he joined the St. John's Ambulance Brigade, the Scouts, the local school governor. He became so popular that people were literally like queuing up to see him. And they also had a, a huge waiting list for his medical consultation. Yes, that one. And after 12 years at Donnybrook, Shipman decided to go it alone and he started up his own practice um, and gleefully announced that he was taking his 3,000 patients with him. Jesus Christ, that's a number and a half. Yeah, he was he was kind of idolised. Did really. he slam the door on his way out? I imagine some kind of dramatic... Yeah, all secrets. the sass. Clear yeah. clear. Clip, I'm taking him with me. in the face. Yep. I'm taking my patients with me. Yeah, and then oh swing God. of the arse. Yeah. Absolutely. You could imagine him flicking his hair as well, like how just said. That whole toilet <laughs> bowl switch. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I'm imagining. Yeah. In 1985, police had already started to uh, suspect him of um, unexplained deaths and um, uh, as patients uh, that were dismissed uh, were with him so um it, it, police was just starting to notice an unusual amount of deaths that were happening in uh with regard to shipman um i'll get into the names of the victims and whatnot in a second um but um by this point police were already quite suspect of him um kind of dipping in and uh, and and the abnormal the abnormal about of dipping in that, yeah dipping in yeah like dipping in I don't understand the, the context of dipping in. What did I say? Basically, she means that his like his patients were the ones that were dying out of the majority of the patients. So he yeah. was dipping into murder? Yeah. Yes, okay. I've just yeah. never heard it. Yeah, okay. Hey, have I, you never I... heard of that? Like dip-dapping? Yeah, dip-dapping, but when you have like more sweets than you should have. <laughs> Not when you're killing. I mean, I suppose it can be applied to all. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, the police were getting a little bit suspicious by this point. So, a few months later, Shipman opened up his new practice a few yards down the road from the actual, uh, from his old doctor's office. So, he now um, resided at 21 Market Street, which was his, now, he was now unsupervised. He was literally left to his own devices. He was the only um, doctor in this practice. And he was literally just down the street. He was literally down the street, So, yeah. he really was trying to show him, wasn't he? Absolutely. Stick his finger It's kind of like him. Jingle Bells. Have you ever seen that film? With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. Uh, not for a long time. Why? How is it like Jingle Bells? Because <laughs> they compete with the amount of lights, so I suppose it's... Oh, all right, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair competing enough. Competing with the amount of patience. I was wondering where your analogy was yeah. going. <laughs> just all the Christmas presents, just throwing lights and whatnot. You Christmas isn't until three months away, Steph. <laughs> I know, I'm still excited. I thought the amal- analogy was going down the route of he'd rip his shirt open and do some <laughs> kind of... Get in the chopper! Th- exactly. <laughs> I don't care, it's still Arnold. I would have loved that. Yeah. So he set up his new practice. It'd be more get in the practice. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. I liked that. that I was, was no, I enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> well done you. Gold star. <laughs> um so yeah, in 1998, a local GP and undertaker expressed concerns about the unusually large amount of deaths that were um, signed off by Shipman. So all the death certificates and whatnot, everybody has to do a first and secondary uh, signature. And the first signature always happened to be... Shipman. There we go. Yeah, there we go. And for a single doctor in a single practice, those number of deaths were, you know, noticeably high. People were raising eyebrows left, right and centre um, and needed to be investigating. Most of whom that had been signed off were um, actually signed off for crema- cremation. Uh, so um, there were no bodies to be sort of found. Essentially. What, the, the families requested cremations or Shipman somehow? Shipman uh, put in 
for Can the you cremation. do that? I thought it was up to the family to decide whether their, their relative was buried or, or cremated. It is. Hmm. So how can shit? I just I don't understand how he he, he kind of recommended the the cremation. He was just sort of like, okay, we'll just cremate you then. And because he was the good doctor, yeah, his recommendations were gospel. Yep. Okay. And a lot of them did have a cremation, but as we'll get to in a moment, um, not all of them did. One of to chime in with a bit of research I did. I was looking at newspaper reports at the time, and the people of the village really defended him. Yeah. They could not believe he'd done any of these things. And the, the whole village was up in arms saying this has been concocted and yeah. exaggerated or fabricated. Yeah. Because everybody idolised him. He had like 3,000 patrons on his waiting list. Mm. So yeah. everybody loved him. And he came across as that charismatic kind of chappy yeah. that people like. And it was sort of like an older generation town as well, so um, it, it was sort of like everybody knew everybody. And From what I saw of the pictures, like a real quaint, oldie-style town, yeah? Indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. See, my research is relevant when I do it. <laughs> when you do it. I liked it, that was a good contribution. So yeah, the, he was signing them off to be cremated, but between this time and his arrest in September 1998, Shipman had actually killed three more times uh, in the time frame that he was being investigated in. So there was really no off button with him, even when he was being investigated. He liked a full throttle. Yeah, absolutely. So this is where we kind of go into his undoings. So I, as I said, I'll kind of get into the victim list, um, the, the 15 that have been spe- specifically confirm- uh, confirmed. Um, but in in 1998, uh, this is where um, it kind of all started falling apart for him. Um, his last victim, Kathleen Grundy, a former mayoress of Hyde, died suddenly, unexpectedly, at the age of 81. Uh, she was fit, healthy for her age, and um, her family became suspicious. Uh, her daughter was a lawyer, so she was she was already like mm. she was on it. Yeah, she was on it. She put a detective's cap on. She really did. Really did. She Sherlocked it. Mm. Indeed. Correctly. Oh yeah, absolutely. It needed to be happen. Needed to be happen. It needed to happen. Words. Uh, and um, a suspicion. Uh, the suspicion kind of came uh, about when um, when a will was written and sent to a solicitor. Uh, not a not her daughter. It was another solicitor. Um, and this will started um, stated that Mrs. Grundy's estate of three hundred and fifty thousand pounds was left to Doctor Shipman. <laughs> so nothing minor yeah. in any kind of way. Wow. A statement right there. Did did her daughter know? Notice that they were friends, close friends before that. What do you mean? The, this lady and Chipman were they friends or anything? Like just GP just, and just GP and Doctor. Cause, yeah. yeah. Did you find out what was written on in that will about why he was given, like he was given that money. Um, I haven't got it written down, but I do know this. You're going to tell me though, because he had a friendly face. No, because he's such a pillar of the community and his hard work needs recommendation and all the support that it deserves. Yeah. It was bullshit. She didn't write that. No, I'm sure he wrote that. It was completely forged. I'm sure he wrote that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. And this led to a very fast downfall of Dr. Shipman because at that point people were starting to call bullshit. As Wait, you but sorry, would. before we move on, I mean, how, how do you even fa- falsify a will? Because you have to go to a solicitor and have it signed by the solicitor, don't you, and yourself? Well, he wrote it up and then sent it to a solicitor to be ticked. Yeah, but you think there'd be more uh, stops and checks in the process? Now? No, now there is. Not back here. Because you could write a will for anybody. Now yeah. you can't. In that, that Back context. then, in 1998, yeah, you could. Yeah. It must have been a bit cleverer than that. Oh, no. 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 Just to send it. I mean, like, what's so it back in 1998? If, yeah. say, like, yeah. the Queen died, 
and I wrote a will and sent it to her solicitor. I said, this is the queen talking. <laughs> I leave everything to Nick. That, they would have okayed that. I'm sure she'll start everything. There would have been, sure a, lot, there have there been, been a lot of checks on it, yeah. but because he <laughs> was a pillar of a community and she was a pillar of a community, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, there must be something else, but it does sound outrageous no, that you could no, do that. No, that was pretty, what Steph just said is okay. pretty much how the inquiry found it as well. Fair yeah. enough. Another another interesting thing about that will as well, it was actually typed up on a typewriter and the reason why they actually kind of linked that to Shipman is because they linked it up to the typewriter that he keeps in his um, in his office. I was the... really hoping you were going to say then it was typed up in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. That's but where no. I thought you were going with that. But there was a typewriter deficiency on one of the letters that only, had, only his typewriter had. Yeah, and they linked it up essentially and it was like, oh, yeah, it was you, you you wrote that even though it was because he forged her signature at the bottom as well um so yeah uh that's where that well that's why he got away with the name because he forged her signature okay that makes more sense yeah Yeah. that makes more sense there you go so how this is where we kind of get on to the victims now i did print out a whole word 10 pages yeah they were double-sided there was a lot. There was a lot. It was, um, it, yeah, 10 pages of double lists of names and... Single-spaced. Yeah, absolutely. There, it was, was an extensive list, guys. I'm not lying lot. to you, extensive. And I do have that on a Word document. So what I'll do is I'll send that to Charlotte to put on socials and whatnot so you can have a gander through. Probably won't be on socials. It'll probably be up on the show notes, which is yeah. on our website. This is. Are these the victims who was charged with or suspected of? Suspected, suspected of. Suspected of. So the 215... Oh, okay. The list. But, but he... I'll go through the ones that he was actually convicted for now. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, his first convicted murder was of Marie West, and she was 81, and um, uh, that was in 1995. She was found at home. Her friend was next uh, was in the next room when Shipman interjected, uh, injected her with uh, diamorphine. Uh, he claimed that she was a massive... Uh, that, uh, that she had a massive stroke... And police found her um, and her medical records at his home. So that was a big no-no. It doesn't... You don't keep your own patient's medical records at your you own You know house. what diamorphine is, right? Well, it's morphine, isn't it? It's morphine, but it's basically... It's um, heroin. Yeah. Whereas morphine is more of a chemical heroin and such. Yeah. Diamorphine is pure heroin, but in medical form. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Good to know. Just so, having yeah. a, a look at what the side effects and how it actually kills you. Yeah. Or a person, rather. Well, she kind of had the st- she had the stroke um, effect, so she had she physically looked and and sort of gave the impression that she had a stroke, and that's why he kind of got away with that whole diagnosis. And people were just like, ah, okay, yes, a stroke it is then, without actually kind of looking into you know, it, looking and the you know puncture. I don't suppose like at that time because he he's a doctor as such and a pathologist would have been like, well, if a doctor said that it's and it's yeah. not suspicious, well, then a pathologist wouldn't have looked into it to yeah. find that diamorphine. Well, so. you trust a doctor, don't you? When you go to the GP, you trust the doctor to give you the best advice that they do because you assume they just want to save your life and make you healthy. What's the what's so, the creed for the doctors again? The Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Do no harm. Do no harm. Well, there you go. Well, Something that Joseph Mengele forgot to read. Ben <laughs> and Harold Shipman. So, Charlotte's right, diamorphine is the, the pharmaceutical name for heroin, and uh, death usually occurs due to lack of oxygen, resulting from the lack of breathing caused by the opioid. So it's a um, depressant, depresses your, an overdose will depress your uh, vital systems, yeah. stopping them from working. 
So it would present itself as a stroke then, really? So de- yeah. it would depress the capillaries in the heart. Yeah, it makes the body shut down, but lack yeah. of oxygen seems yeah. to be the main cause of death from overdoses. There you go. So, yeah, she died in 1995. How uh, old was she, sorry? She was 81. She was quite old. Yeah. So a stoke, a stoke, sorry, no, a stroke is more equalable to being that age kind of yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You'll find that, so as we kind of read through this, you'll sort of see that they're all about the same sort of age. They all died the same sort of way. They all, you know, everything's really similar. He has a, a very specific MO. Okay. Um, next is Irene Turner, and she was 67 and died in 1996. She had a complicated medical history, um, had just returned home from a holiday when Shipman visited her at home. Now, that was another kind of uh, thing that he used to do as well. He liked to, to visit, uh, do home visits. I guess that's why people liked him so much. Yeah, it was attentive. People saw that as an attentive doctor that really wanted the best for you, and he wanted to be there in mm. the situation. And then he visited her at home. She died of a morphine overdose um, again. And uh, Shipman said that she died of diabetes, um, but Irene's body was exhumed and showed later traces of morphine. So there's a few of these uh, victims that were later exhumed after the whole um, inquiry and, and, and whatnot kind of went down. Um, and when they sort of uh, went back and revisited the more, well, the bodies that were still physically there to have a look at. And um, they actually found that, mo- that they all had the overdose of morphine um, in their system. Uh, and they didn't notice that when they were di- when they died. So a lot of these were exhumed. I'll, t- I'll tell you which ones were, but she definitely was. Next is Lizzie Adams. And she was 77. And she died in 1997. Um, had made a fake call to the emergency services uh, when she was discovered at home by her friends. So Shipman made a fake call. He was like... Oh my God, let me phone the emergency services. Let's get this show on the road and get you, you know, let me doctor you. And I hope that wasn't the that exact <laughs> I quote. Really I hope he said, let me doctor you. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that. Oh God. Enthusiastic, oh. guys. Enthusiastic. <laughs> Um, but, there, but this call actually turned out to be completely fake. Um, there was no call records to say that he'd actually made that phone call whatsoever. It's Hi, I'm a doctor, you, as I'm holding this phone to my face. To Let's make get it. this show on the road. I'm going to get this show on the road with a fake call. You don't know that's fake. Oh, I'll... so he actually pretended in the house to make the call? Yes. Ah, to what a bastard. S- yeah, to try and save her. Fucking knob. Absolutely. Who else was in the room then? Um... There must have been somebody else he was doing that for the benefit of because her, her friend. friend, yeah, her friend. I'll get, I'll, I'll get into that little paragraph in a second. So let okay. me just read the rest of this one. So Shipman just happened to be passing by when he checked in. He, um, he cancelled the um, emergency services when it was obvious that Mrs. Adams was dead. So again, he rang up and he was sort of like, "Oh no, she's dead now." And <laughs> in that accent. In that accent, and um, and and pretended to cancel it. The- that see, I, I know nowadays that even if you ring up and cancel an ambulance, they will still send one. Yeah. Just in case. Now. Nowadays, so maybe that was put into place because of that. I think I feel a lot of things were put into place because of Harold Shipman, and mm. a lot of things with the nurses put into place because of Beverly Allen. Indeed, so. you do. There's a lot to learn from him. Yes. And again, uh, no phone records or anything was found, but her medical records and her bag was found at Shipman's address. So, you know, he took trophies. So this is where we get onto the friend being in the situation. So uh, when Harold Shipman went to go and check on her, her friend was with him. 
Shipman said, oh, yes, she's gone. Um, but um, I, I had better cancel the ambulance. But her friend actually picked up her hand and felt her pulse. And there was still a pulse there. So she was still alive when Shipman was like, oh, yeah, she's gone. That's no, she did. It's like she could have still been saved. Dickhead. Yeah, she absolutely still could have. Um, and she says that it was her own pulse that she was feeling. It wasn't hers. It wasn't the victim's. It was just she was feeling her own pulse on somebody else. It's very, very hard to feel your own pulse. Yeah, on somebody else when you're checking their vital signs. Unless she's doing it with her thumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can feel your own pulse through your thumb, but like fingers. Yeah. But from what I can feel, from what I saw, it's like she was just checking a pulse and uh, dickhead. It was there. But he he convinced her that it wasn't. And um, throughout this whole entire process, do you guess what um, Sh- Shipman was actually doing? Well, wanking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. That came to my head as well. <laughs> well that's, that's, eating it's cookies, quite, eating with, biscuits. With killers, it's nope. a normal thing, oddly. With, with friends in the room? Oh, sorry, there were people... Okay. <laughs> I mean, some people might find that a turn on. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm going to go with eating biscuits. Eating biscuits. Are you going to go with wanking, Nick? No, I'm going to retract that. <laughs> I've been sticking with it. Yeah. Okay. Mate, okay. So, sorry. So he was. There were people in the room, and yeah. he was convincing the friend that her friend was dead. Mm. And was he writing a will? Nope. No. Okay. I'm done for ideas. Nope. <laughs> Pokey poke. He was admiring the china. Ooh. What? Oh, okay. That's not what I would guess. Really? No. Yeah. Was it a bit of Wedgwood? Uh, it might have been. Might a bit of um, blue and white. Is blue, blue and white Wedgwood? Blue yes. and white is Wedgwood. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Was, it, was it a great bit of Bolton? Of China? Pardon? Is it a great wall of China? <laughs> uh, just China in general. Just all of China Ooh, in I plate like form. That, I like that sugar bowl. I do. <laughs> it is. So it's he was he was casually deta- emotionally detached completely from the situation. Absolutely. Trying all in this whole entire situation, trying to convince her that her friend had actually died when she really whilst dying up the Wedgwood. Yeah. Uh, next is Jean Lilly. She was 59, so she was quite younger than the rest of them, but she's, you know, still in that age bracket yeah. of the norm. Um, and she died in 1997 again. So there's a few actually in this year. Okay. Shipman did a house visit again, um, and a neighbour actually saw him leave, uh, but found Jean dead later that day. Shipman said that she died from heart failure again, um, but pathologists found no evidence of a heart issue, but did... Uh, find traces of morphine in her body. So Sweet. they found they found traces, but nothing yeah. was flagged up because again, Shipman was kind of like she needs all of this. She needs she needs this morphine. Oh, oh the whole surrender. Next one is Ivy Lomas. She was sixty three and she died in nineteen ninety seven. Again, like we're doing the nineteen ninety seven thing. Yeah. Uh, she was killed at um, Shipman's surgery in May. Uh, he actually left her body on the table um, in the GP surgery's room behind the closed curtains as he carried on seeing other patients that day. Wow. He's getting oh, that's quite, grim. He's getting quite bold by this point then. Yeah, absolutely. He's full on power tripping. I feel like he kind of really liked that situation of having a dead mm. body in the corner and carrying on. And I don't yeah. think you'd do it unless you, you did like it. Yeah. It seems like unless or maybe you were caught in the act and you had to comp- quickly do something but it doesn't sound like that no no he sounds like he wanted that that dead lady in his room while he was seeing other people absolutely mm. interesting he sounds like a man who is is i don't know obsessed we are, you haven't mentioned it maybe enough cases to call it that but where he likes to feel like he's got one over on somebody or he's cleverer than somebody else yeah. so the the taking the three thousand patients to a, a doctor's surgery just down the road charlotte's got something she wants to say she's yeah. grinning incessantly i feel you're bursting I have all of that bit 
covered in the psychology. So when... Would you touch upon it now then? Um, no, because it kind of ties into the other things I've got to say, so it doesn't actually won't actually make sense until okay. I bring okay. that up. Is it Fair true enough. though? Is it true? Yeah. There we go. Okay, we'll take that. So nuggets to come. Things to come. Yeah. So yeah, he he saw plenty of patients before he actually told somebody that she had died. Was it a case of oh yeah that lady I saw. A... 10 like, o'clock this morning. She's yeah. dead in the corner, by the way. Yeah, I didn't notice. I mean, I, the curtains were closed. I, I didn't thought know. she was asleep and I didn't want to disturb her. Yes. It's totally normal, guys. But now she's dead. So, yeah, um, he'd also um, altered the medical records of how she died. Uh, the, cu- uh, the court suspected that um, this was because Shipman saw um, her as a nuisance. And he'd actually joked about her once... Um, about assigning her a chair in the waiting room because she was actually there that often. So he actually kind of saw um, Ivy as a bit of a nuisance. She was there all the time. She was. She he saw her as a bit of an hypochondriac and um, joked that she was in the the surgery way too often. How old was she again? Sorry, sixty three. That's incredibly narcissistic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To kill somebody because they offend, no, not even offended, but bothered you slightly. Yeah. And, and this was the person again. He left on the curtains, but behind the you know behind the screen. So it kind of just shows how much he. I was. That's her. That's her. Oh, okay. Didn't really value. Her oh, so it's almost to uh, dehumanise her. Yeah, uh, I would say that. Or yeah, humiliate in, in a sense. A personal humiliation yeah. instead of a, public. a overall public humiliation. Yeah. yeah. Next we have Muriel Grimshaw, who was seventy-six and again died in nineteen ninety-seven. Like, I love that name. What Muriel? Muriel. Muriel. I do, I do love that name. It's a very oldie name, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I feel like it's a name that your know, grandmas have, sort of thing. Don't say anything about that he listens to this. Okay. So, yeah, Muriel Grimshaw, 76 and died in 1997. Uh, she died at home uh, from what Shipman claimed to be a stroke and hypertension. So he altered the medical records again to support his story. Uh, this was another um, body that the police exhumed um, again and found lethal amounts of morphine in her system. So they, they found that. So this was definitely his, his drug of choice. Absolutely. He, he liked the morphine. Next is Marie Quinn. Was he, was he still addicted to morphine himself at this point? He... <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it wasn't morphine. It was that other Perthodine. drug. Perthodine. Perthodine, yes. Which, again, yeah. is a form of morphine. Mm. So, yeah, he kind of dabbled. I mean, he went into rehab um, for his drug problem, and he did sort of um, settle down after a while, but oh, he, okay. still, he still dabbled. Yeah. Next. Next, we have Mary Quinn, who was 67 and died in 1997. So, again, we've got this repertory thing of 1997. She died at home. Shipman told her son that Mary phoned Shipman complaining that she had uh, that she may have had a stroke. So he said that she'd phoned him directly and um, said that um, saying that um, she'd rang him with a complaint, essentially. So that sparked his um, reaction to go out and visit her. Um, And then he said that she was dead when uh, before she even got there. So again, that was his alibi on that one. They said that um, there was actually no phone read. phone records of this nor was there any evidence of any previous heart problems although again there was a lethal amount of morphine yay we're doing good next is kathleen laura wagstaff uh she was 81 and again 1997 shipman actually mistook uh kathleen for another patient um who and was called at the wrong house so he just fucked up yeah he literally fucked up he he turned up at the wrong house and was like you know what she'll do we're here now really jesus yeah absolutely and again injected her um and claimed 
that her death was actually due to heart disease. And again, he kind of spun that whole story, but it was completely on the rim because he went to the wrong house. Um, Shipman also stated that he received a call to um, uh, to go out to her because, again, same as the previous victim, he said that he received a call and uh, no phone records could corroborate this at all. So he's winging it. Indeed he do. So he wasn't brutally clever then? No, I mean, not in the long shot. Did he ever have, um, is there any evidence that he had normally high, abnormally high IQ or anything nope. of that kind of, no? Oh. No. no. Okay. He was. He he didn't really excel in education. Really I mean, he was a doctor, so he had to have a certain level of intelligence. Obviously. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was good at making. From what I can gather from my bit of research is that he did it basically when he knew what he wanted to do. That's when he excelled at something. But oh, okay. before that, it was just a bare minimum. Okay, yeah. got you. Dedication to the cause. Next is Bianca Pomfret who was 49 and again died in 1997. Bianca phoned Shipman uh, for a home visit. Uh, she was later found dead in her chair. Shipman claimed that she had heart trouble and dived, uh, died of a coronary thrombosis. Did I pronounce that right? You did? Yay. Oh, Cor- and... A cr- a coronary thrombosis is where the ventricles... The ventricles of the heart... The ventricles? Ventricularly. The ventric- ventricles of the heart collapse upon each other... And so the capillaries around the heart slowly over like fill themselves and don't excel the blood. He's right. (laughs) Corroborated by Google. Yep. Um, Google confirmed. And uh, he also said that uh, she died from. Now this is when the pronunciation gets interesting. Is is heart disease? Is tiamic heart disease? It's got a ch in it. it's chi- it is heart disease. Okay. It's pronounced Latin and Latiny, so Latiny, Latiny, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even spell that, so I'm not going to put it in Google. So basically, it's the heart disease where the blood doesn't pump enough red cells around the body, and it means that the body then does not get enough oxygen, meaning that your vitals drop quickly, and you are more prone to heart attacks and strokes and Anything to do with the vitals of the heart, like that. Um, Experts found that Shipman had altered her records again to support this an hour before her body was found. So he, you know, preempted this and it was dealt with before she even died. He did he preempt a lot of the medical records, or was that a wing it after? Some of them were, some of them weren't. So some of them were um, after the fact, um, but some of them were done. So the more latter uh, murders were actually done uh, before the fact because he kind of knew and got into the swing of things at this point. He already knew what he wanted to arrange them to. Um, so it was a combination of both, but la- like in the latter stages, it was more after. Yeah. Her body was exhumed again and was found to contain a high level amount of morphine. So again, we've got this morphine thing going on. Next we have Nora Nuttall, who was 65 and died in 1998. So she was the year later. Uh, Shipman visited Nora's home. Less than an hour later, her son returned to find her slumped in her chair, dead. Shipman stated that he called the ambulance, but again, no phone records were found. That is his, that's part of his MO now, isn't it? Indeed, it totally is. Next is Pamela Hillier. She is 68 and again died in nineteen. Uh, she was uh, wallpapering a week before her death. So, you know, she was fit, healthy and wallpapering. What the fuck is wallpapering? A wallpapering. Wall I thought you said war. <laughs> she was papering the wall. I didn't know what that meant then. Sorry, wallpapering. Wall yep, got wall you. Wallpapering, yeah. Mm-hmm. A week before her death, 
She was found on the 9th of Feb um, and paramedics informed the, the police of as well. Uh, Shipman stated that she had a massive stroke and there was no need uh, for a post-mortem. Uh, for a post-mortem. Police experts found 10 changes to her medical records um, and that were made two hours before her death. So this is where the medical record changing got before the murders took place. Next is Maureen Ward and she was 57 and died again in 1998. Maureen had a uh, previously been suffering from cancer but she was uh, not ill it, she was not in, in ill in health at the time of her death so she was getting over it she was fine and you know hip to be square I haven't heard that phrase in no, years No I haven't either You're welcome That's a golden oldie I'm A golden oldie back. do you mean an oldie Oh you are right Yeah I am right <laughs> Of course you're right Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Once in his lifetime <laughs> Shipman reported her death was due to cancer uh, that spread to her brain and caused her to die. However, cancer specialists said that there was no evidence of this, so there was no evidence of spread cancer in the slightest. Um, and Shipman just adjusted the, record, uh, the medical records again to support this this story. Next is Winifred Meller. She's 73 and died in 1998. Okay, I like I liked that name better. What? Winifred? Yeah. You know, these is old ladies have of... got lovely names. They've got amazing so, names. Yeah. Do you like Winifred by any chance because it's in Hocus Pocus? Maybe. There we go. I thought so. Uh, she was found dead in a chair at home, having been complaining of a sinus problem. <laughs> you can Amen, see... sister. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We feel you right <laughs> We're now. We're feeling you right now. Uh, Shipman had visited earlier that day. However, Shipman claimed that she died from a coronary thrombosis, um, again, uh, despite the fact that she could walk two hours prior to death. So she was up and, you know... Active. Active before hmm. her death. Oh, girl is more active than I. I am. Yeah, it's quite impressive, really. It's quite impressive. Well, those, all these late, well, not all, because I don't know that you haven't mentioned about all, but a lot of them seem like they're really get up and go yeah. kind of yeah. active women who, like healthy women. Absolutely. These were all kind of pillars of community and it was a small town. Everybody knew everybody yeah. and they were all helping each other. They ain't no senile old ladies. That... Indeed you do. No. So after poisoning her, Shipman actually changed the medical records to, to suggest that she had persistently compl- been complaining of chest pains. So he went back in her medical records for, for a fair old amount of time and consistently put complaints of chest pains throughout her medical records. It wasn't just the one entrance. Next, we have Joan Melia, who was 73 and died in 1998. She visited Shipman at his surgery in June, suffering from a chest infection. He made house calls to her later that day and um, um, at, in her chair. Shipman didn't even examine her before he wrote down the death certificate stating that it was pneumonia, um, aggravated by um, emphysema. Emphysema. It's uh, where your lungs fill with fluid, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So pneumonia, aggravated by emphysema. Quite common in smokers, I think. It is basically, you drown, yeah. Yeah, but in your own fluid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's common in smokers where the the lungs can't clean themselves of the fluid, so they they drown. Because yeah. when you breathe in, you automatically breathe in a certain amount of water. But well, your body he- produces liquids as yeah. well. But when you breathe in, but the you you develop emphysema when your body, because your body obviously is at a set temperature, it automatically evaporates that and absorbs itself, and you reuses it. But when you've got emphysema, you can't. Your body can't do that, and it literally is filling your lungs. I don't think it's evaporation. Drown. I think it's more like a. It takes it into your body. It doesn't yeah, evaporate. Some it, of it think. evaporates though because of the temperature. Well, it's not high enough to evaporate. That would be like if you to evaporate wa- water it, takes hundred degrees Celsius. No, it doesn't because you can leave water on the side and it evaporates. <coughs> that's that's kind of kind of, but it's not evaporation. It'd be absorbing, wouldn't it? Like your 
It's absorption. Yeah. It's you, the you, atmosphere's you... absorbing the water then, not evaporating. Okay, absorbing evaporating then. is when it's literally changing it into gas. Which is what it does because of air. What? No, that's a different process. Mm. I want to say I'm in agreeance. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this is a Google job for later. For later, for yeah. Later. So yeah, he, he um, uh, again, adjusted her medical records to support his uh, theory. So another thing with Joe Melio is a pathologist found morphine again in her system. Not a serious lung problem. So it didn't really corroborate with what Shipman was saying in the slightest whatsoever. And again, so here is the last um, victim on the convicted list of uh, Shipman's victim list. And we're going back to the Kathleen Grundy. She was 81 and died in 1998. Very healthy and active. She visited Shipman for a blood sample earlier that morning. Uh, She was later found dead sitting in her settee. When the body was exhumed one month later, high amounts of morphine was found. No records of blood samples were ever recorded, so the blood sample that Shipman kind of sold to her at the beginning, it didn't actually, it wasn't a blood test. Uh, But Shipman had falsified a statement on her records to make Grundy out to be a drug drug addict. And as you can imagine, this was not true. I mean, she was an old mares. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's the one person that you know would probably not do drugs. You would hope. Well, politicians do drugs, but to besmirch an old lady's reputation yeah. like that is yeah. um, not cool. In the slightest. No. Uh, when Mrs. Grundy was, uh, Will was sent off to be analysed, experts showed that it was actually typed up on, again, on Shipman's typewriter that he kept in his surgery. And Wait, Mrs. what year is this? 98. He's still using a typewriter in 1998. I would still be using a typewriter now if I knew where to I locate know, but one. he's a doctor. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Yeah. I'd have Sorry. a typewriter for everyday letters. Absolutely. Windows then, 98 was out by this point. And then <laughs> I'd have a Word. laptop for me Google searches, because you can't Google search for a typewriter. That is a very good point. But that's where you have your phone next to you to do that for. <laughs> or a laptop. There we you go. just would have thought you'd switched over. No. Doctors like to do it ye oldie. Yeah, you could do that, yeah. Steampunk it. That would be cool. You can actually buy a keyboard that's like a typewriter. Yeah, that looks cool. I do want one of those. Mm-hmm. Stupidly expensive, though. Yeah. I digress. I wonder what make of typewriter it was. Um, I can't think of anything witty to say. <laughs> Nobody's expecting you to say anything witty. I just want a brand of typewriter. I don't know. Royal. There we go. True tale. <coughs> okay. Singer. No, that's no. sewing that's machines. Sewing machines yeah. Mean, it was close enough. It was... It, it's metal. <laughs> yeah. They were both around in the same time. It was also at this point that Mrs. Grundy had, um, had um, it was, uh, the, the, the signature was also analysed as well. And it was very apparent that the signature had uh, very much been forged, as I said earlier. He must have been getting really quite wealthy. What, from... From all these fake wills that he was writing, no? There was only the one. There was only the one will. Oh, is, is this... Oh, sorry, you'd mid-mentioned... Sorry, I thought there was another one. No, no, no. no. This was the... So I mentioned Kathleen at the beginning and... Uh, yeah, sorry, she was his downfall. Okay, yeah. got you. Yeah. So, Shipman was charged and arrested of 15 counts of murder and for forgery of will and medical records. But it must have led... The, the, the forgery must have come first, right? That's where the investigation started. Yeah, so um, they actually... Uh, they started uh, investigating... The police actually started started investigating Shipman before Shipman actually realised that he was being investigated. They kind of went on to his computer where he did all the medical Oh, he has records. got a computer. Then. He, does have, he did have oh, a computer right, okay. for medical records and that's how he could go in and change them. Oh, okay. Um, it was the uh, industry, it was the IT experts that went into, the, what are they, like IT forensics? Forensic computer analysis. Nerds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
um, who went into like the timestamps of um, of these medical records and actually sh- it showed up when they were last opened and changed. So oh, okay. uh, that kind of sparked it all off as well. So he left a digital fingerprint, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. He was suspected of 215 murders with a possible 45 more. So that 215 could be, you know, a little bit more. He went to Wakefield Prison until he was found hanging in his cell at 6.20am on 13th of January 2004. Now, this is where the 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 day before his birthday thing gets interesting and where his powerful power play plays kind of coming into this a little bit so some people actually think that he killed himself the day before his 58th birthday because this just happened to be the cutoff date for a pension that Primrose, his wife, uh, would have received uh, for uh, for his years of being a, a GP. Um, and again, it was kind of the power control right up until the end. So she got the pension, or she didn't get the pension. She did get the pension. She did get the pension. Mm. Did she not? No, she. They filed for it though. They filed for it. She yeah. didn't get it though. Did she not? The victims' families did. Ooh. She's not allowed to make a profit whilst you're in prison. Yeah. Now you can't though. Well, it's no. his pension. It's not like yeah. he made it... that while he was in prison. But I could see why they would yeah, want to give it to the victims' families. families. Got that. Oh, okay. Well, I think they go. only took like Primrose and the children only. I think took ten percent of it, uh, and that was literally so they could sell the house or move. Yeah. So, not mm. quite the power trip he was hoping for. No. Uh, Mr. Justice Forbes, his first name is Justice. <laughs> of course, back to the first episode when Steph thought judges, <laughs> this judge was called Justice, his first name. And how impressed you were that that was his first name. <laughs> that stuck with me, I've learnt. It wasn't. His <laughs> first Many name. a thing in this podcast, guys. Many a thing that Justice is not their name. It's not, it's not. Although it would have been amazing. <laughs> So, Mr. Justice Forbes stated that I have come to the conclusion that your crimes are so heinous that that in your case, it must mean life. So he did get life for this. Well, he must have got multiple life sentences. Oh, yeah, yeah. 15 counts off. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, he definitely went down and then hung himself, coincidentally. He's dead, dude. Yeah, no, but... He died. He died it himself. Yeah, you don't normally... He took the coward's way out. Indeed. For money, essentially. So, yeah, that's my story on Harold Shipburn. Or AKA, as Steph normally calls him, Shippy. Shippy Ship. ship. Okay, it was... So, he's obviously a, I assume, some kind of narcissistic sociopath. Indeed he do. Because he didn't seem... There's no uh, sexual motivation to any of these crimes, is there? Uh, Do anything sexually with the bodies or or any of that kind of... it was mostly a power But it was all women. It was all women. Well, no, there was a couple... There was a couple, wasn't there? No, there was, like, in his early days, early, early, there was, like, one, because I remember watching a documentary and one of the people was just like, well, they weren't all old and they weren't all women. So one of them It is maybe kind of hard to pin on him who he actually killed. So there could be people who died in his his care who maybe were not killed by him. The majority. His MO was was definitely women, wasn't it? Some of the male that died, they died more in his care rather than by him. Okay. But some of the things were still treated suspectedly. Yeah, because they had to look at everything. But yeah. in the increase and everything that I've read, they the males were predominantly more in natural care. in his care, natural death, instead of he could have had a hand in that. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Bef- there's no no, there's no definite no yeah. on it, but mm. it's more speculation than yeah. hard evidence for yeah. it. I mean, that's we got a whole buffet of psychology to kind of delve in with, haven't oh. we? So before we do, I found something interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it was, this is from the Daily Express, but it's about some letters, 65 letters that came out that Harold Shipman wrote while he was in prison. Oh, wow. And it gives an insight into his mindset while he was in prison. So this is from the Daily Express. Uh, quote, in the, mainly 65, in the 65 mainly handwritten letters, he shows no remorse and even taunts his victims' families. At a suggestion that he apologised to his victims' families, he retorts, for what? He brands the coroner who, who investigated him a moron, ridicule the judge at the public inquiry and dismisses his own barrister as a clown. He revealed his innermost thoughts to two elderly patients who refused to believe he was a killer, so they must have... uh, This is who he's writing these letters to. Letters begin while he was on remand at Strange Wales Jail in Manchester shortly after his arrest in September 1998. His final note was written only weeks before he hanged himself with a blanket in Wakefield Jail in 2000, January 2004. Shipman tells Mavis Scott, 83, and her husband David, 86, how he was getting mail from plain nutters, mm-hmm. people who told him, God will help, and others asking, can I have an autograph? Oh my God. So let's get into some, some quotes from uh, these. In his first note, uh, in his first note dated October the 27th 1998 Shipman reveals his, he has had a breakdown writing I'm on the medical wing because of the low mood and share a cell with a triple murderer who was a nice man he said he says he uh, has been reduced to tears uh, in a letter written just after Christmas in 1998 but there are tears of self-pity he says and this is a quote directly from him the antidepressants are working well there's only the odd time when I get very emotional and cry I feel lonely and threatened nobody has raised a hand or verbally attacked me but this experience is all is there all day every day so you cannot get away from it life in here is entertaining my cellmate fred tried to hang himself on monday night i heard the noises of his last breath lifted him up untied the knot and laid him on the floor before crying for help um oh, no, wait so he was there for that whole entire process and didn't really do a lot in well he, he helped him he, he allegedly saved this guy who was trying to hang himself in his, oh, yeah. his cell on november 1st Shipman begins to ridicule the prosecution witnesses. Uh, one asked a question, he said. They go on and on and on. So the Crown Prosecution Service Barrister has to intervene. By January 1st, 2000, Shipman and Blast Prosecutor Richard Henriquez QC. He painted me as black, like my father used to say, as a Negro miner wearing dark glasses and left having left his teeth in the glass by his bed. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe some kind of racist statement there. I think that was a bit of a racist slur, yeah. yeah. Okay, I was a confirmed liar, a cheat, a forger, a murderer, as slippy as an eel, devious, never examining the dead bodies and not resuscitating anyone. That's how he feels like he's being painted. Slippy as an eel. So he's, he's getting pissed off that he's being painted as a monster, basically, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I'll just read a couple more. By January 20th, he fears he has no hope. Quote, standing away from the case, it's really bad, he acknowledges. On February 6th, 2000, a week after... Don't he was, use my birthday, bitch. <laughs> he was convicted and sentenced to 15 life sentences. Shipman says, we have talked about the verdict as a possibility, so it wasn't unexpected. If the appeals fail remember i'm still sta- saying i didn't kill anyone and that the, that will be the statement until i die oh, wow. so he wrote these 65 letters to this elderly couple who obviously really believed in him but um yeah it doesn't show any remorse in them apparently no it doesn't really take responsibility for the actions of his actions at all no so that, that just shows what he was like in prison he still maintained that he was well he was saying that he was innocent he wouldn't admit to doing these things yeah yeah i think he's a dick yeah he really is a dick 
But yeah, it's kind of like he... I'll go into it a little bit in a sec, but everybody's inferior than him, that nobody else is going to be good enough, nobody else mm-hmm. has got it right, they don't know me. Yeah. The inferior complex that I think he was quite well known for. Not the inferior complex, sorry. The superior The, the superior complex, complex sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So so you're going to get into the more of the psychology side, aren't you, Lily? A little bit, but he refused to actually go for any of the psycholo- psychological assessments. Oh, right, okay. So he was never actually analysed by a psychologist. Oh, really? Refused point blank. Okay. But... I guess anything that would have contributed to this narrative he thought was being created that he was a sociopathic killer wouldn't yeah. be in his best interest. Yeah, but we've spoken on, especially on the Beverly Allen like, podcast that we did a couple of weeks back, how... Many medical murderers aren't your technical psychopath or mm. and aren't your standard sociopath either. Yeah. They're very they have a complex of their own. Okay. So But narcissism comes in there, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The complex is called God complex. Okay. Which is choosing who lives or dies. Yeah. And embraces and relishes in the fact of narcissism. Yeah. Pure and simple. It is a more sophisticated form form of narcissism do they do they actually enjoy the act of killing itself or the power of the killing i'll get into that in a little bit okay, okay. so have you got any more that you want to jump in on no in not, on your not yet i've got i've got something i want to mention about his wife um and, and things like that but it's not okay. re- quite relevant yet okay okay so like i said there was no psych- psychoanalysis at all so i couldn't even jump in and find out reasonings why did nobody profile him at all like... well, they must have done but I think Charlotte means not first-hand okay. Not first-hand. So this okay. is all profiling from the perspective of outsiders. Nobody who okay. has actually spoken to him. Okay. okay. The stuff that I've found research for was from the Shipman Inquiry, which was okay. after he got sentenced. Yeah. So I'll be quoting that a lot. and But I have got a little bit of research as well regarding... Do you know what year that was in, the Shipman Inquiry? 2000 and... I feel it was 8. I've, I swear I've read somewhere it was 2008. 2007, maybe. 2008, because okay. it started end of 2007, beginning of 2008. Okay. And I'm only looking at... Well, I only read yesterday the first inquiry. There was four in total. Oh, okay. Because there was so much extensive research that yeah. they had to do. Mm-hmm. Was it 800 and something pages each time? 895 pages was the first inquiry. Okay. I didn't look into the second, third or fourth. Okay. Because it was more... Those ones That's were delving lot. into the crimes of a certain... Like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Oh, okay. So I just looked at the overall inquiry. Okay. What year was his, what year was his first confirmed murder? 1975. That's what he got charged for. One of them, yeah. His, his, oh, his conviction murders. Yeah, his yeah, they, they were 1996. Yeah, they were 90s. Oh, okay. He, but his first murder that is on record for him that he didn't get convicted for but has now been put down to him completely okay. is 1975. Okay. Yeah, I want to say like 19... 19- I'm sure you said 96 earlier. Um... Are you just singing the Star Wars? Yeah, like... that was a bit of Star Wars for you guys. The... Other sci-fi uh... films are available. Indeed. Uh... So 97. 97. Okay. So, as Steph said, he wasn't a popular child or particularly smart when he was growing up, but he was his mother's favourite. 
that was without a doubt. And he's got two older siblings. No, okay. sorry, he's got one older sibling, one younger sibling. Mm-hmm. He was the middle child, but he was his mother's favorite. And when she died, he could do nothing to help her, and it left him feeling useless. He didn't know what to do. Okay. What about his father? His father was a working man. Yeah, he was okay. a lorry driver. So uh, he here, there, and everywhere. Abusive, yeah. or anything like no, that. No, abuse, not abusive at all. Just very distant because of being a lorry driver. Yeah. Any he, weird sort of things with his mother? No, no. Purely just his mother's no. favourite. Okay. His mother doted on him. Yeah, she was a little bit obsessive and like a little bit sort of like you need to wear this and you need to make these friends, but nothing mm. that was sort of like nothing overbearing. No, or inappropriate. No, no, not inappropriate. Definitely overbearing, just not inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Obviously, Steph mentioned that he saw the doctor give his mother morphine when she was sick and that elevated her pain and made her back into the mum he knew. Yeah. He then associated morphine with a godlike view on things and that the man, the doctor, who administrated it was the one in charge, hence him beginning to study as a doctor. His first killing was in 1975, which kind of shows me that he knew what he wanted from the get-go. He knew that he wanted the power and the recognition of being a great doctor and he knew that morphine would give him that power. Mm. I personally think he suffers from a god complex yeah. There's a parallel there to Joseph Mengele, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. Do both of you agree with that idea that he had that gun complex, that he wanted to be the one that was in control? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's demonstrated that multiple times across multiple victims. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think he'd, he'd kill that many people uh, without that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He may have been doing it to alleviate the pain of it that his patients felt, because remember, he saw his mother being sick, and that the, given the morphine would have alleviate that pain. Is this maybe a reason why he saw himself as innocent yeah but you got to keep in mind 90 percent of them were happy healthy active women mm, yeah. true yeah it was so, kind of his warped perception more than anything but it so it may have started that way and especially the woman who he didn't intend to he just turned up on a doorstep and killed her yeah yeah because he was at the wrong house and the lady who irritated him yeah, oh, yeah. i mean he he sort of admitted that she was a hypochondriac a hindrance to him yeah mm-hmm. so it may have started as like a way that was his way of helping these people yeah oh they're in pain I'm going to help them. I'm going to be the one that controls it. Yeah. But I think it turned into a more self-grandiose thing. Like, a self-grandiose like, so he had a god complex. So he was like, oh, I'm in charge. I'm in control. I say when you die. Narcissism. The narcissist. Yeah. So a god complex is a a complex that features a few prominent personality traits. Those traits are extreme arrogance, judgmentalness, unable to tolerate criticisms, the need to influence people, and the addiction to power. So the extreme arrogance part of the trait is where a person believes that they are the best at everything and everyone else around them is inferior. Mm-hmm. Judgmentalness is the part of a person that constantly scrutinises others' actions, labelling them as bad or not up to that person's standards. They can't not judge somebody and that judgement is usually always negative. People who suffer with a gonk complex cannot tolerate criticism in any way, shape or form. Yeah, if we it... can. You preach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if it contradicts their her beliefs or actions then it's wrong and they will argue until the other person gives in nicholas uh, yeah and what <laughs> those suffering do that. from i'll it... argue that i don't do that shut up <laughs> i'll tell you that as i'm right 
<laughs> See? Got complex. It's perfect for those suffering from the complex also need to influence people in any given situation. They don't mind using people until they feel that the person has done their part and are quite happy to let that person drop out of their lives but will allow the person to turn back up in them again so the person suffering from the god complex can reuse them. Okay. Does that make sense? So they'll, they'll do it multiple times to one victim. Yeah. In... So basically... Well, they can't example... really do that if you killed somebody. No, so. no, yeah. not necessarily, but they'll use the situation or they'll use a situation. Uh, right, okay, got you. For example, uh. morphine. So for example, the morphine, he used it mm. and put it aside. Didn't really use it in his everyday practice until the next time it came along. Uh, okay. Mm. Put it aside. People as well, and I'll get into that in a second because it, it explains a little bit about his personality, mm-hmm. but he'd used them up until the point where he didn't need them anymore. It's sort of his ace in his sleeve kind of thing that he, yeah. he only needed when he wanted that yeah. power rush to... Yeah. yeah. Can you understand that? Yeah. Indeed. I'm looking at you here, Nicholas. I understood. <laughs> I don't see the comparison. <laughs> I've got doctor surgery. <laughs> More often than not, people who suffer with a god complex like to have a lot of power over people. They don't like to be not in control of a situation and if it's a situation they personally haven't planned, then they will d- not do it or go to, or for example, go to it mm-hmm. and will come up with an excuse as why they won't. All of this next bit is the Shipman Inquiry mm-hmm. and that will, and I'm be using a lot of the words written by Dame Janet Smith because she put them perfectly and I, I can't change that, no. really. Shipman, even in the face of his guilt and the overwhelming evidence against him, refused to admit to his guilt and undergo psychiatric assessment, but Dame Janet asked four psychiatrists to examine what was known to form a consensus of what they believed could be the underlining reasonings why he did this. These psychiatrists were Professor John Gunn, who is a professor of forensic psychiatry, Professor Pamela Taylor, who is a professor of special hospital psychiatry, which is a practice of psychiatry in mental hospitals, mental health units and mental asylums, Dr. Clive Mix, who is the lecturer in forensic psychiatry, and Dr. Alec Buchanan, who is a clinical senior lecturer in forensic psychiatry. They met in private with Dame Janet as some of the items that were up for discussion could not be become public record. Those confidential documents didn't sh- shed any light on his personality, so there was no real reason, okay? These psychiatrists also stressed that, that any ideas that were discussed could not be regarded as authoritative opinions as Shipman had refused to speak to all of them. Okay. So, so, sorry, so these are the actual psychologists who, who were on the list to talk to Shipman at the time? At the time, as well as consulting with Dame Janet Smith Okay. When she was doing the the Shipman inquiry. Got you. Dame Janet felt it unjust that his children and wife bear up to the questioning of the inquiry team about his relationship with them. And if he in fact had told them anything, she believed that he kept aspects of his character secret from his family. That's a good point. Um, can I just jump in with something I found yeah. out about Shipman's wife? And I know, Steph, you wanted to talk about yeah. Shipman's wife as well. So I found a uh, a news report from The Telegraph dated November 2001. So he's still alive at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. So 2004 yeah. he died. So uh, the title of the article is Shipman is, in- Shipman is Innocent, Says Wife. Uh, so the article is as follows. Quote, Primrose Shipman broke her silence yesterday to insist that her husband Harold is innocent of the crimes that led him to be 
labelled as the worst serial killer in British history. Mrs. Shipman, 52, told the inquiry told the inquiry into her husband's activities that she was working with his legal team to help bring an appeal at Preston Crown Court. Shipman, 54, was jailed nearly two years ago for murdering 15 women patients he treated at his medical practice in Hyde, Greater Manchester. Um, her testimony was largely distinguished by her inability to remember details of two deaths she attended, nor could she recall a third patient almost dying in front of her when her husband was a partner in his in his first medical practice in Todd Morton, West Yorkshire. Accompanied by members of a legal team, Mrs. Shipman, who worked part-time as a receptionist at her husband's practice, was driven into a side entrance of Manchester Town Hall shortly after 8pm. She did not remember hearing the women's last gasps of one victim they were questioning her about, uh, nor could she recall when Caroline Swift, QC, leading counsel to the inquiry, described as the striking moment, quote, when Shipman lifted a picture from a wall to show relatives the effect of smoking might have on Mrs. Chapman's lungs. So what was a strange demonstration. Was he a smoker? Oh no, he was at the house. He was at the house. She could not remember any explanation her husband had given for cause of death, nor could she recall telling a relative that Mrs. Chapman had died from a heart attack. She said, quote, I think I remember seeing Miss Chapman, Chapman, but that's all. Mrs. Shipman was still able to recall some aspects of Miss Chapman's death. In her 11-page submission to the inquiry, she said, quote, I did not remove any property from the house, nor to my knowledge did my husband. I did not enter any rooms in the upstairs section of the house, and I certainly did not remove any rings from a drawer. So she must have been accused of stealing from the house. I would say that she was accused of stealing. Mm. But that's, that's the main quote. And the main cusp is that she, um, oh, it said, uh, finally, as she was obviously being questioned about Mrs. Chapman, in particular's yeah. death she must have been there uh, and she wrote quote as this, this incident uh, occurred 27 years ago I have no independent recollection of going to Mrs. Oldswell's house this is another victim and therefore unable to answer any further questions that must have been another victim she was questioned for yeah. but the, the main cusp is she, she denied um, that he was guilty completely didn't she yeah, that's... I think she idolised him just as much as everybody else did. Yeah. What were you going to say about Primrose? You won't say something earlier when we were talking? No, I was just going to mention her, really. I mean, like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, no, there was nothing really specific. But so was she mentioned. very much the doting household? I mean, that, yeah. that that article there doesn't really give anything to her character. She, I didn't know she was a receptionist at the, yeah. the surgery. We didn't, so she obviously had a very close working relationship with him. So she'd see every single... Well, she was part-time. Oh, right. Was she, okay. But she'd have a very intimate knowledge of the patient that walked most patients that walked yeah that, I would say so because let's be honest how many of us have rung a doctor a doctor's surgery and the doctor and the receptionist that's on the call thinks they can diagnose us I don't know I've not had that mm-hmm. yeah. but really okay. yeah must be a I get thing. it quite often oh okay Dude. it's like no I'd just like to see an actual doctor not the receptionist yes. thanks so it's not to say that she was complicit in the murder but but working that closely with him she yeah. must have seen the rates Some of rates. death of, yeah. of elderly women that were going through the surgery indeed but from the research that i did from what i can see his both his children and his wife were very loving of him mm. and that they didn't have a unusual it was just he was very secretive and i'd imagine she thought of his skills as a doctor quite highly as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah because in but, that she she um she doesn't uh, well yeah. it's what it is she, yeah. she doesn't say that he was um incompetent or or anything like that not in the slightest so Dame Janet found that apart from Kathleen Grundy there was no evidence that Shipman was motivated by monetary gain as very few of his patients left him any money however Shipman was acquisitive as there was occasions when he asked for an item of property belonging to a patient that he had killed Uh... for example in 1985 he asked for the family of Margaret Conway if he could have her 
Budgie. Budgie. Yeah, the bird. Right. Maybe that's that's why she was asked that question about the ring disappearing. Maybe that's something he took from the the house. Yeah. yeah. And he said that he wanted this budgie for his aunt. His oh. request was denied. Yeah, that's a bit oh, yeah. weird. That's very weird. He would be a budgie smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> as Steph mentioned, the forgery of the will was Shipman's downfall, as it was clearly that of a forgery that, that handwriting experts could, experts could literally look at the signatures and say that none of them were of the persons who name it was. To be. So yeah. he wasn't even very good at forging these signatures. No, no not in the slightest. S Grundy looks more like a G Grundy. Well, doctors are notorious for having poor handwriting. Yeah, aren't they? they really are. Why is that funny? It's just, it's just they true. are because they just have to sign so many things. They just um, they don't even. They normally just make symbols. Yeah, they're not good. Even though it's clear that Shipman premeditated this murder, Dame Janet does not think that this was his only thought process regarding it. It's very much unlike what he had previously done in any of the other murders. Shipman didn't interfere with the bodies as such. He may have placed books or reading glasses on the victim or in the victim to his hands but may be there to create the impression that he or she was reading before their death yeah to make it staged really yeah it, like Steph's just said that it was there to create an unsuspicious circumstance I mean in a way they're kind of I wouldn't say they're the perfect victims but they're because old people especially of a certain age if they're in a doctor's surgery you expect them to be lethargic you expect them to yeah. be yeah. Uh, not comatose but sort of along those lines where slow mover a, a dead old person maybe with a book on them wouldn't seem out of place would yeah. it because let's let's be brutally honest here many old people die at home doing an everyday activity yeah they do i actually uh, so one of the documentaries that i was watching the coroner actually sort of specified that um you mostly find the old aged at home in a chair sitting quite normally like like mary reesa the cinder lady yes she was in a chair there we go no i don't like it i don't like it (laughs) so both pathologist and psychologist both agree that there was nothing overtly sadistic or erotic or any erotic motivations for his crimes but psychologists can't guarantee that there was not some underlying sexual element within his motivations really Mm but there was no evidence that he did anything other to the bodies. It may be a sexual underlying element. Okay, but nothing that kind of came out in physicality. Well, some serial killers, even if they don't sexually assault the victims, they'll still masturbate at the scene, won't they? Yeah, but there was nothing, Nothing no evidence of that. It may be a sexual underlying element because it may have given him that power rush. Well, in a way, dominance by default is sexual. Yeah, that's why that that's why psychologists can't set, guarantee that it wasn't sexual, but there was no overtly sexual yeah. elements. There was no semen or there was no seminal yes. fluid or anything like that. There was no proof afterwards that he then went home and masturbated to these deaths. There was nothing like that, but it may have given him that dominance thrill that was sexual. Maybe his gratification were from the trophies. Yeah. So the things that he'd taken home. So did they, they find all these trophies? There wasn't that many trophies. It was gifts. Yeah, the medical records as well. Gifts in quotation marks. Yeah. Mm. And like Steph just said, the medical records that he... Mm constantly have access to because he worked at that clinic he had a bag of one victim as well i mean if he killed 200 was it 215 people allegedly yeah i mean he'd need a warehouse to hold all the souvenirs if he took trophies from Mm. from every single victim but a lot of them were um that i found in the in the research were residential home a lot of these patients gifted him things oh they were actually gifts there was some that were actual gifts there was some that he goes 
Oh, she said I could have that. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So they were like, oh, of course, oh, you God. did so much for my mum. You did so much for my mum. Yeah. Like, have it, have it. Uh, and then there's people like the budgie instant where they're like, uh, no. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's weird, Shipman. Fuck off. Yeah, that, that's weird, Doctor. Go away. My pet. My bird. <laughs> there, no actual evaluations were undertaken as Shipman simply wouldn't allow it. He needed that control. Yeah, it is yeah. giving away it, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose once you've come to the once the end is nigh, there's only so many things you can have control over. Yeah. And again, like I say, if he got the a diagnosis of uh, some serious anti uh, behavior, uh, anti social personality thank behavior, you, mm. then that would go against the good doctor image yeah. that he he yeah. worked so hard to craft for himself, wouldn't it? So Dame Janet Smith decided to look at possibly other explanations that could have triggered him to do this. So in the inquiry, she wrote. Our personalities are governed by a mixture of genetic factors and the effects of our experiences. Very little is known about Shipman's family or early years. His mother died of cancer when he was in his late adolescence. The psychiatrists think it's possible that the fact and circumstances of her death might have had a profound effect upon his psyche. Yeah, It's very suspicious that he's literally recreating the circumstances of his mother's death repeatedly within his victims. Yeah, that to me means that's where his god like god complex yeah stems from yeah it's very suspicious it's, it's very freudian isn't it yeah the only evidence of this subject available to the inquiry is that of a mrs florence bateson for many years a patient of shipman who said in a statement made in connection with the death of her father mr george carnock that shipman used often to speak to her about his mother and had said to her husband mr norman bateson that he had seen her suffer from cancer when he was 17 i cannot assess the impact of his mother's death or indeed any other potentially formative experiences in seeking to describe shipman's personality i am dependent upon what he has revealed to himself through his actions and the descriptions of people who have known him and have described him and his behavior to the inquiry shipman liked to give the world of this is back to me speaking now <laughs> shipman liked to give to the world that he was an old-fashioned family doctor who would visit his patients in their home dame janet was sure that that he promoted this view quite deliberately a doctor patel was asked to sign a cremation form when one of shipman's patients had died and when he saw that Sh- shipman himself was there in the home he questioned it shipman didn't like this and responded aggressively that the young doctors nowadays do not visit their patients as he and his generation did so again with the confrontation thing was he i mean is he insane no because no. that's premeditated that, yeah but that kind of delusion whether it's genuine or not is is insanity surely we don't know because he refused to i know but just going on that somebody who's so delusional i personally would not say he's insane because there are people with god complexes i know but it that that, are functioning yeah but i mean i don't mean he's sitting in a corner wanking off i mean (sighs) covered in his own shit i mean he's so delusional it, it just insanity must be a part of his character i don't feel like he's criminally insane at all i'm going down that that, that thought process that he has to be because of the delusion no i don't know no no but delusion is a mark of the insane especially if but like the schizophrenic not i'm not saying it's narcissistic not delusional i guess because so, narcissists but... aren't insane yeah good it point it sounds like a point of view rather than good a point. compulsion yeah i agree with steph that's why i do not think he's criminally insane i think he's got the god complex which in essence is a very warped more... point of view yeah which is a very, and a very in-depth narcissistic trait mm. but when does that i guess when does that 
stop being a, a trait and becomes an insanity. When you diagnose, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly cannot tell you the clinical definition of it. Yeah. Again, I shall repeat, I am not a forensic, I just do... No, I am not a psychiatrist, I do a hell of a lot of research. Well, there is an interesting crossover there, isn't there? There yeah. is. And I think no matter what case cases that we look at we're always gonna and we always should raise that question are they in, criminally insane mm -hmm. or is it just human nature mm. i mean is, yeah. is it a part of human nature that we don't particularly like and everybody possesses but some people possess it worse than others or is it because that person is insane it goes back to that nature over nurture question he wasn't tried as insane was he no no, no. no. so the implication was that they were not, like, the younger doctors weren't as caring as he was. He also let it be known that he thought it preferable with elderly patients should be allowed, able to die at home with dignity instead of being subjected to the hustle and bustle of hospital wards. Or where it was just more convenient. It may be that many of his patients agreed with him. I mean, that's like an empathetic statement. It's like, um, or various different different sort of courts use that they, they get you with an empathetic statement so that that statement is is true in a sense and humane in a sense but obviously he didn't mean it in a humane no, way and i personally would rather die at home than it, die in a hospital yeah by saying that it, it provides first of all a cover and secondly an opportunity for yeah. him to kill people yeah. in their own homes without so the prying would you eyes say of, that's a little bit premeditated of course that's premeditated but yeah. But that does that not equal somebody who's more sane in their thinking? I'm not saying I'm not okay. I'm not well. He is delusional. He's obviously delusional. But everybody in their essence can be delusional. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm not. I'm not saying he's he's mentally incapable. But there's yeah. There has to be a definition of what you mean by insane, though. Well, criminally insane isn't. Well, I can't tell you the definition of criminally insane. Criminally insane is, is somebody is, uh, who has... The mark of the insane is delusion. I told you what diminished capacity was a yeah. couple of weeks back, Nicholas. But the, the mark <gasps> of the insane recordings. is some kind of intense delusion. And he obviously has that. That's. I mean, we're not we're not going to get anywhere, I think, on this point. I'm not particularly trying to argue any no, point. No, I'm not trying to argue. I'm just trying to see, I'm, can I'm just you see stating, the two sides. I can, I can, but just the level of delusion there. Yeah. Is is narcissism taken to a level which is maybe puts him in a category which isn't sanity? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and agree. Let's move on. I don't agree. I, that's your god complex speaking, sir. Oh god, god complex. <laughs> it's not complex. It's, it's a way just of life. Shearman, <laughs> <laughs> during his lifetime, though, Strutt did not appear to have many friends, even during university. Yeah. Steph told us all about that. Indeed you do. A Dr. Black, who lived in the hospital accommodation a couple of doors away from Shipman, was they studied together, found him cold, aloof and unapproachable. And she was in the same class as him. Yeah, she That's didn't tickle it. He didn't tickle her fancy. No, she's too young. Oh. Plus, he was also married well, and she yeah. was married. Players play. What's the yeah, you know. With that in mind, though, his patients described him as having a wonderful bedside manner, especially with the elderly. But He's putting on that persona, though, isn't it? For yeah. The thing, yeah. How old was his mother when she died? Do you know? Uh, fifties, mid fifties, early sixties. Mm. But back in those days, people did look a lot old, older. They aged like a peach, didn't they? Yeah, quickly. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> I've heard that before. Age like a peach. You yeah. leave a peach o overnight and it just shrivels quite quickly. Yeah. I'm never going to get that mental image out of my head. Thank you. But people did look older, so maybe... Yeah. yeah. But they did find that once the person had passed away, his manner would quickly change. It was also said that he was brisk and 
truthful when he spoke to people. The patients just put it down to him being him. What do you mean by, what, look, he had a spring in his step kind of change? Um, no, as in literally, oh, hi, how you doing? And then like, oh, your dad's doing wonderfully, he's great. When he's actually dead and in the next room. And then his dad, two days later, dies. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have time for you, goodbye. Oh, yeah. sorry, that's what you mean. So, okay. Yeah. He's done with them. Yeah, done yeah. with them. He doesn't I've have used to... you now. You're, I'm done with you. Over yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to be nice because the, the yeah. deception's over. Yeah. Right? But, and it, when I say truthful as well, he could tell, oh, you need to stop smoking, that kind of thing, like, but not... Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good idea you stop smoking. It was quite brute, brute quite kind bluntly. Of well, like in that example that his wife gave, he obviously went into a, a smoker's house and took the picture off the window. Yeah, quite, the sorry, off the window. To the, the wall. wall quite <laughs> abruptly to show the obviously the nicotine stains would have marked around the. And how the, briskly that could be quite jarring to somebody whose per, like parent or whomever has just had a yeah. heart attack. It's because they smoke. Look, this is what happens to yeah, them. Yeah, but it could also be construed as somebody really wanting the best for the, the patient they're caring for and trying to shock them, I guess, in a way. It's quite invasive. I mean, I wouldn't go around somebody's house and be like, look what your smoking is doing, and then remove all the pictures. There is that. No. <laughs> it was almost like he couldn't emphasise with the... Empathise. Empathise with the bereaved. Are we in sociopath territory now? We are in sociopathic territory. But that also then goes hand in hand with the narcissist. Mm. We've got all the words going out today. We've got all the technicals. Another aspect to Shipman's personality was the fact that he, his, well, his being led him to being a very aggressive, conceited, arrogant and filled with contempt for those who he, he considered to be his intellectual inferior. A show of his arrogance and how conceited he was came about on his trial. When he was given evidence, he boasted about his achievements in the practice. Counsel presented him with a scenario where he was asked about a patient's blood pressure. The counsel suggested that the level of 140 over 80 was a perfectly acceptable level, which it is. It's a good level. (laughs) That's not a heart attack level. That's not seriously ill. That's That's about even level. Yeah. Shipman responded, well... It may be for other doctors, but for me, I want perfection. Oh, what? Right. Which is a bit weird. That's a bit odd. Because your blood pressure can get ra- like raised for a tiny little bit of stress. Yeah. can drop when you don't have enough sugar. It completely fluctuates. It, it changes depending on your body's mood. If you're depressed, it's going to be low. If you're stressed, it's going to be super high. Yeah, there's lots of contributing factors. Yeah. Well, so- I think in that case, he means in a clinical environment where it's tested. I don't think... Yeah, in a clinical environment, 140 over 80, which is perfectly acceptable, it's not perfection. But even then, you would adapt to the situation. You'd take in all the... You would take in that person's individuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's being a dick about it, but again, it's the narrative of the perfect doctor, isn't it? Yeah. It's just showing his arrogance and conceitness. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's being a dick about it, no question asked, clearly. Uh, earlier on, I mentioned. And a dog. sorry, and, and also it ties back into the where he was talking about his his counsel and the prosecutors in a in a yeah. sort of the moron. So he actually yeah. said moron, didn't he? He did moron. So it's it feeds back into that, doesn't it? Uh, I mentioned Doctor Patel earlier, who is a locum. Who <laughs> was who was a locum in Shipman's practice in the early nineties. <laughs> I have an interesting thing about Patel. So Patel, do, do you know how I remember that um, your knee bone is called the Patel because it was our science teacher's name? Yeah. Yep, and Brilliant. I, w- I always wanted to knee her. I actually got on really well with her. She was <laughs> like I a... remember it's the Patel bone. <laughs> I wanted Jesus. to knee my teacher. <laughs> Jesus. She might be listening to this. She thought you she thought you were her best student. 
She told um, me off for write, not writing on the left-hand side of the book. She may have loved you, and now you're going to knee it. I pierced my ears in her lesson. She did not oh, like me. Right. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? She did it with safety. No, I wouldn't no. like you. <laughs> you're at the back, being some weird goth. With a, with a hey. pin. With a pin doing your ears in science class. That's no place for Because we, we, like, I did it as well. No, it's yeah. no excuse. You, you, you wait till after science class to put holes in your body no because the Bunsen burners aren't available it doesn't matter it's a place for learning okay back to shipment please (laughs) we we both know that wasn't very health and safety but we learned our lessons it was good no you didn't learn any lessons at all literally neither educationally or morally between me and Steph right now so I did something three years before Steph did it. And then when we oh, went Steph to right, me. I was, I yeah, was, yeah, and then I was when we went to college and we're talking about it, it was quite weird that we ironically did it in the same classroom, oh, yeah. in the same seat. It makes it equally as bad as each other. <laughs> so, <sighs> mentioning Dr. Patel, he was a locum in Shipman's practice in the early 90s. He stated that parents would often, ref- be ref- like, often refuse to be seen by him. Okay. And he and they would only wait for Shipman to come back in. Right. It was common practice for Shipman to not allow any of the locums to immunise children, child patients, because he had to do it himself. So the control was there again. Did the he control aspect? Yeah. Did he ever have a, a go at doing a child? That's sounded. No. I don't mean to be so brash about that, but no. did he? He, he no. never tried. No. He never killed a child. Oh. The youngest his suspected was was fourteen. Oh really? Yeah, suspected. Oh, okay. So he did try his hand. When early days, early, 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 oh, early, okay. early, when he was dabbling. Mm. Another doctor from Sh- I didn't get the name of this one. It wasn't in the inquiry from Shipman's time in Donnybrook stated that Shipman would often over-exaggerate the patient's problems, yeah. such as a patient having a chest infection, but Shipman turning around and saying that they had pneumonia. Or the cancer and that it had spread to every part of your body. Yeah. As well as this, when the said patient was then well again, Shipman would take credit for the cure. So oh, if okay. they had n- pneumonia, mm. I made them well again like with Jesus. my care. Yeah. What? Like Jesus. Like Jesus in the 40,000. 40,000? 4,000? Do you not know your Bible history? Mm, cleaning up. Ah, <laughs> oh, heathen. They had pretty pictures in it. Yeah, all the pretty pictures. Oh. Shipman enjoyed humiliating people who he felt were not doing their jobs correctly. One example was that of a young female sales representative from a drug company. Please she was say Avon then. <laughs> from Avon. Ding dong. She was nervous, inexperienced, and didn't quite know everything about her products that she should have. Shipman was ruthless with her and took great pleasure in reducing her to tears. What, she turned up at his door? At the... At the practice. Practice. Oh, okay. Saying so, I've got some... What do Avon sell? Like, Tupperware? Not Avon. <laughs> drug... Did, why, did, did I just imagine the word <laughs> Avon? Yeah, you imagined the whole Avon. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Avon. <laughs> no, I thought she said Avon. I thought she was yeah. going to say Avon. Oh, okay. No, I, yeah, for some reason. <laughs> She's knocking out some perfume and some Tupperware. No. No, okay. A pharmaceutical... Um, uh, Drug company, yeah. Okay. What's the word? Agent, yeah. Representative. Sales agent, yeah. Yeah. Just all of the above. Okay. Are you yeah, back I'm, with I'm, us no, now? No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay. The narrative's on, on back on track. If you were... Th- you may continue. Thank you. Are you sure? <laughs> I allow it. Okay. God complex. <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> if you guys were to listen... Wait. No! 
I'm okay, not waiting co- for no, you. Now you may continue. Okay. I swear to God. <laughs> the God complex is intense in this room right now. If you guys were to listen to the police tapes, he'd start off confident, com- confidently and treated the police in a patronising and arrogant way. It wasn't until the evidence that he had falsified the medical records in front of him had been placed in front of him that he broke down and was unable to continue the interview. Oh. As in broke down crying? As in broke down, couldn't speak. Oh, oh right, okay. okay. I was going to say, um, I have a little... <coughs> <coughs> this is of how patronising he spoke to the police. Yeah. Given the reports of death, fatal overdose of morphine with diamorphine, the rashes are common to my doctor. And I have commented. I have said that I had my suspicions that she was actually abusing a narcotic of some sort. I'm not suggesting she took drugs every day. Far from it. But the scenario was there, and she did have drugs available. She may well have been myself accidentally an overdose. It's harrowing to hear his voice. He doesn't sound like I thought. I thought he brought sort of upper class whimsical. No, definitely not. I did not kill this lady. <laughs> Is that, that upper of, class whimsical? I don't know. For some reason, that's what I expected his voice to sound like. Definitely not. But he yeah. was quite humble background, to be fair. So yeah, yeah fair enough. Not in. He wore prescription glasses. There's no upper class about. <laughs> but that was basically. You can see how he, in that little bit of clip there that how degrading and patronising he was to yeah. the police, like. I suppose, yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, you could in it, you can hear in how his voice was talking down to them as if, as if they were less than him. Yeah. Steph explained earlier about the situation with one of his murders, where the lady's friend was in the room next to her. Yep. The that in essence provides Dame Janet that Shipman was not adverse to deception and lies. You can also add to that the foundation of lies with the changing of the medical records. Yeah. He began the practice of changing the medical records in the early 90s as this was when his practice had enough computers to allow an easy access without little chance of him being spotted. The thing is though this led to his downfall as each time he logged into the computer he had to use his own login details which were recorded into the system. Yeah. Steph also mentioned the fact that he was addicted to medical drugs in his young adult life. Many psychiatrists state that those who suffer with addiction is quite likely to, su- to be subjected to other forms of addiction. Perhaps this led to the addiction to killing. Yeah, they've got that addictive personality, haven't they? They have. The psychiatrist that Dame Janet spoke to theorised that he had a rigid and obsessive personality. That they think he may be isolated and may have difficulty in expressing emotions. They also suggested that his arrogance and overconfidence are almost certainly a mask for poor self-esteem. The thought that most of his adult life he was probably angry, deeply... Sorry, they thought that most of his adult life he was probably angry deeply unhappy and chronically depressed they suggested that he had a deep-seated need to control people and events and once he fears that he cannot control events he feels threatened and reacts so as to take or regain control dame janet wrote it is clear that these traits are not in the in themselves enough to explain why Shipman became a serial killer. On the evidence available, the psychiatrists cannot explain how this melange of characteristics can lead to such extreme conduct. Even if Shipman also has unresolved feelings of grief at the loss of his mother at an impressionable age, there is still not enough to explain his later conduct. There must be something else, much more significant. The psychiatrists say that they cannot discover this without many hours of discussion with him. They postulate the theory that he could be psychotic, although they stress this is no 
There is no evidence that he is. They think that his actions may... Well, why would they stress may, it? There's no evidence. They postulate. No. Postulate, sorry. Because it's a theory. Okay, fair enough. They postulate the theory that he could be psychotic. Although they stress there is no evidence that he is. They think his actions must be the product of, of a diseased mind but are unable to shed any light on the nature of that disease. They suggest the possibility that Shipman might have developed a fear of death and a need to control death. It is possible that he has a morbid interest in death. It is possible that he might have experienced a buzz of pleasure from association with death. I feel like if he was in the world of Harry Potter he's the kind of wizard that would go after the Deathly Hallows. He would be a dark death eater indeed you do it is also possible that death might have given him a sense of relief from some intolerable pressure or anxiety in short shipman may have had a need to kill any of these attitudes towards death present in conjunction with an addictive personality prone to obsessive and repetitive behavior might go some way towards providing an explanation in the end though she states that the psychiatrists say that it is now it is not uncommon for serial killers to be detected because they draw attention to themselves in an obvious way they believe that this occurs because the pressure on the killer becomes too great and he and she or she has to find some way of bringing his or her crimes to a halt or of relieving his or her guilt. This is probably not a conscious process but is more likely to be subconscious. The psychiatrists say that there are that the fact that Shipman did not confess after drawing attention to himself is not inconsistent with the theory that he had a sub- subconscious desire to be stopped from killing. Other serial killers have behaved in this way. The psychiatrist suggests that Shipman may have may have had a mix of conscious motivations in forging the will before killing Mrs. Grundy. He might have felt an overwhelming need to stop killing. He might have been, as it were, throwing himself to the gods. Either his plan would have succeeded and he would have and he would leave Hyde and run away with the money, or he would be caught. Either way the killing would be stopped. However, the psychiatrist stressed that this is only one of several possible theories that might explain Shipman's actions at this stage. So little is known of his psyche that they cannot even postulate what other thought processes or motivations might be at work because Shipman refuses or refused. to be assessed. Refused, yeah. At the current time, it was refuses. Yeah, yeah. What an arse. Yeah. So what do you guys think to all that psychobabble? He's, it makes um, sense. Yeah. He's, uh, if only he'd agreed, maybe people would have known more. Yeah. Mm. I wish he'd kind of given a little bit more away, even when... Because obviously he knew that he was going to die eventually. Otherwise he wouldn't have murdered himself. Murdered himself? No. Like, committed Technically suicide. is murder. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have committed suicide. So it would have been nice for him to... I mean... Technically was his last victim. Well, he was his, technically his own last he victim. He technically was his own last victim. Ooh. Shall we? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That mostly came from the inquiry by Dame... Janet Smith. Janet Smith, yeah. She's so, a judge. She's a justice. She's, she's a justice of the peace, and Steph. A, not her her name, name is not justice. And a dame. Dame, <laughs> and is, not dame. A, dame is not her first name either. <laughs> is it not? I thought no. dame was the first name, you know. So my research, I was, I was getting into it, and I found those other couple of things earlier, but then I started having more gin. And, you know, like a gin because it takes away the banality and the sort of metaphysical problems I find myself in. Apart, God complex! Apart from the love we share, that also I should... God complex. The love we share also... Oh, by the um, way, guys, guys, guys... Takes me out of that. He will not be on next week's episode. Owen's going to be filling his spot because he's going to be murdered. No, I'm not. <laughs> Shush now, darling. God complex. <laughs> so, 
I, I tried to find out if there were any conspiracies linked to Harry Harry, Harry Shipman. <laughs> Harry Shippy. Harry Shipman. Like first of all, obviously, first that. of all, I typed in Harold Shipman aliens, Harold Shipman UFOs, nothing. Absolutely. Of course. Nothing. So the only sort of conspiracy theory I could find around him is that he was a free, may have been a Freemason. But this right. is a, and that there was somehow a collusion with other Freemasons that allowed him to, that they knew that he was doing these things and they covered for him. But I, I found a book called uh, Crime and the Craft, Masonic Involvement in Murder, Treason and Scandal. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's a serious <laughs> book. Steph's freaking out because the bathroom door is creaking and I've just, I've just got it. It's a ghost. All right, it's a like... serious shit. We're so about to get into ma- Masonic. So obviously you've heard about Freemason conspiracies yes. before. Yeah, Indeed okay, good. So this, uh, so the title of this book is by Mike Neville. This is a, an excerpt from this book. Uh, it's been claimed... Quote, sorry. It has been claimed on the internet that the infamous serial killer, Dr. Harold Shipman, was a mason. Some sites go so far as to name a lodge. Liberty number... You done? Yeah. <laughs> Liberty <laughs> number 5573. That's the name of the alleged lodge. But the members of that Lancashire lodge, and indeed Freemasonry in general, are being besmirched as there is no record whatsoever of the murderous doctor ever joining the craft. So that oh. that it's a bullshit conspiracy theory, okay. and that's I'm a bit pissed off because that's all I could find. So then I started finding weird news articles about him. So I found this one. This one's a <laughs> this one's a doozy. the The title of the article oh, from the da- from the Daily Mirror in twelfth uh, of April two thousand fourteen. The title is Wim- "Woman Selling Serial Killer Dr. Harold Shipman's Examination Couch on eBay for Ten Thousand Pounds." What the hell is that? The one the lady died on? Yeah, well, there's only one in the. Well, house. let's read the article. Marjorie, I'm not going to do her justice by trying to... Chakravarti. Chakravarti, 72, admitted the auction might attract ghoulish bidders. You think? Yeah. So, quote, an examination couch once used by Britain's worst serial killer, Dr. Harold Shipman, is being sold on eBay for £10,000. Marjorie Chakravarti, 72, bought the couch in the early 90s when she was a senior sister at the Abraham Ortmarod Day Hospital toward modern where shipman began his career as a gp she says she purchased it for around 10 pounds from a colleague and kept it in a garden shed for years before deciding to sell it on ebay in a decluttering exercise <laughs> the item was placed on ebay with a price tag of ten thousand pounds which mrs chakravarti says might be ambitious but she <laughs> said she is quote high maintenance <laughs> i don't oh, I love my jewels, so I'm going to sell this serial killer's murderous bed. How does she know it's his, though? Well, let's carry on with the article. Miss Chakravarti, who lives in Huddersfield, admits that the auction might attract the ghoulish. She also has a black chair which Shipman would have sat on, but is not releasing that until she sees how much interest there is in the couch. (laughs) She says, quote, My husband is ill, I am downsizing, I have three sheds filled with rubbish, and my intention is to sell it. They're just all from Shipman. She's got this treasure trove of... There's the actual auction, isn't it? Yeah, not sold yet. Quote, To buy one of these new would cost around £770. Nice rationalisation of that. She's had one offer. And that's without any history. That's with one offer, though. Yeah, somebody's made an offer. It's in reasonable condition for its age. Oh, that's good to mention. I think it dates from the 40s or 50s. On the eBay listing, Mrs Chakravarti gave the following description of the examination couch. Quote, In use for many years, Abraham Ormond Day Hospital toured modern 
which was originally opened in 1938. In 1983, it was reopened a day hospital for elderly, physical and psychiatrically ill patients within the area. During this time, the medical input was covered by a local GP practice, including one-time Dr. Harold Shipman. In view of the history of this item, possible attention hopefully would be from museums or people with interest in items with unusual histories. Starting price, £10,000. Asked who might want to buy such an item, she replied, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Perhaps someone who might want to do a diploma like me and want a couch. What the hell? Brilliant. I never met him, Shipman. He was part of the group's practice at that time and Dr. Michael Grieve was the senior partner. I was horrified at what Shipman did that somebody in a caring position could have committed such crimes is gobsmacking what he did. She said she brought a helper with her diplomas when she was studying oh, physiology, oh. master arch, and aromath- aromatherapy. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I've had some weird massages, but I mean, don't, I mean, like, like a happy ending massage. I mean, like, they've been a bit weird, like, crap. You fucking mean a happy ending massage, no, let's be honest. But I've never had a massage on a serial killer's, uh, what would you call it, uh, favourite... Bedtime couch. couch. Death couch. <laughs> Dr. Death's death couch. And the aromatherapy as well. I mean... <laughs> shit, man, it was based... That's the rest of the article. So, um... Uh, oh, apparently you can buy copies of the victim's death certificates on eBay. Oh, right, that okay. is... Really disrespectful. So, yeah. If anybody... God. I'm sure she hasn't sold that piece of shit. No. So eBay <laughs> It's probably still <laughs> in a shed. It's probably still in a no, shed. No, I could actually see somebody buying that, you know. But so, I want to know the provenance of this, then. Well, she was there. He may have sat on it. Some dead people may have sat on it. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's what she's given. Let me just find my files, because I've got something else. Oh, dear God, help us. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> oh, no. I, I started looking at other headlines that might involve Harold Shipman <laughs> in okay. some way. And I got a Daily Sport hit. And the Daily Sport, if you're not from Britain, is... What is the Daily Sport? It's, it's nonsense like, with the occasional break for a pair like of tits. It's like a glossy rag, but for men who like No, it's sports. not glossy. It's a, it's, no, it's not. It's tits and nonsense. That's what the Daily Sport is. It's a complete and a tabloid kind of... But it's great. It's like... Well, I don't read it, obviously. Nick obviously reads it. I, I, it's knows. worth it for the headlines, because they come out with some he amazing does. headlines. So this is the first headline I... Well, the only really headline I found about Dr. Harold Shipman. So I'll put it up now. It's be on socials why won't mums hire harold the shipman for children's parties oh dear god it says he's a friendly member of his local community eager to share his enthusiasm for model boating with young and old alike but harold wardle who likes to dress like cuddly captain bird's eye complete with binoculars and a rugged beard can't understand why no one wants to join him uh two reasons <sighs> a harold shipman b don't trust anybody with a that big. Shit, man. C kind of looks like a pedo. He does look a bit like a pedophile. He does look... A- and while I was going down this rabbit hole, I found some other amazing sun- uh, daily sport headlines. So here's another one. Gordon Ramsay, sex dwarf eaten by badger. Wait, what? <laughs> oh does- my God! I've heard about this. Yeah. So an itty bitty porn star who hit the big time as a Gordon Ramsay lookalike has been found dead in a badger's set. <laughs> Brilliant. But I mean, it's it's tragic, obviously. Tragic. He does look like Gordon Ramsay. He does. He really does. He does. What's the last one you got then? And my favourite one is 10 years ago, the lotto made me a millionaire. Now I suck off dogs for quavers. (laughs) (laughs) I would do out for food. (laughs) Out for food. The little caption in the bottom left (laughs) Down and out, Graham has sunk to vile depths. 
Paul Graham. Paul Graham. So that's what I spent an hour doing, looking for those. So right. instead of doing actual research, you decided that it would be a good I did, idea. I did something more valuable. <laughs> Google Doc. I got drunk. It was a great contribution. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what's done for this week. Yeah, that was fun. We got had was a very fun? in-depth in episode. Fun way. Yeah. Um, next week it's yeah. Halloween. Yes, my favourite time of year. It's not Halloween, is it? Hall- it's still three weeks away. No, three, no, weeks. Halloween is a whole fucking month. It's a whole no. year. I was going to say, Spook is a whole year. It's a nonsense it's thing for the absolute cat that people It's not a day. It's not a lifestyle. It is a, a full on life. It's a lifestyle for both for the mentally ill. I've got dead bodies in socially... my bedroom all year Excuse round. Excuse me. It is all what? Year. Yeah, I'm addressing you. I'm not cutting you out. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? No, I just have Because I'm going to room. actually commit a murder. Oh, shut up. <laughs> this is what happens when Nick gets drunk. He gets aggressive and thinks he's God. God complex. I think there's been more analysis of me tonight than. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits, wear it. <laughs> That's so, my so you got you. It's my episode and Nick's episode next week. Indeed no, I'm not doing one next week. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not on the rotor. Oh, no, you're not. Sorry, it's Steph's episode next week. My, me and Steph next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm doing John Christie, who is a serial killer in Britain. Amazing. Who's based on... Because for Halloween, we've decided that we're going to do stories based on Halloween th- films. Yes. So, yeah. Do you know what you're doing? Uh, is my is it my long one? Pa- short paranormal. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's... Oh I'm going to have a guess. It's either going to be Amityville Horror ooh, ooh, ooh. or... Fucking Annabelle. Annabelle. Yes, that was my favourite. I'm going to do her first. Because she's going to be good. I'm going to cry. But yeah, I'm doing John Christie. Steph's obviously doing Annabelle. Yes. So. As I've just decided. As you, as you guys are bear witnessing. <laughs> so I think. There's going to be a lot of me just shouting out bullshit in these things, isn't there? In but the Halloween one. Not in the Halloween uh, one. Ghosts. <laughs> There's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to leave it there, guys. Yes, amazing. Okay, and should we do inspirational words? Stay spooky, don't conform. Uh, you, you're all amazing and you bosh life and do really cool things. Never give up on your dreams. Ooh. Gold. Ooh. There we go. Gold. I actually spent a week thinking of something. <laughs> That's amazing. There we go. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. No, no, no. Is that it? I wanted to listen to more horror and gore. No. Let them carry on with their day. If they want to find us, they can find us on Facebook at Crime Creeps and Coffee Podcast, Twitter at CCNC Podcast, Instagram at Crime underscore Creeps underscore and underscore Coffee underscore Podcast. If they want to listen to more, they can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and all podcast apps. But for now, before she interrupts again, I think we should say goodbye. Bye!